And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. So, welcome everyone to the We Are Mead podcast. So if you're looking at this live, uh, you're more than welcome here. As I said, top secret media location. We're currently in the training facility, our secret bunker, somewhere in North Mead with a location <laughs> not to be announced. But uh, today, unfortunately, uh, Mickey Brennan is not no longer with us. Uh, in person, he is still here. Don't worry, don't be getting alarmed. He's just on his lane to Sierra, his holidays. He will be back next week. So in the meantime, they've, they've got me in to host it. So let's just hope that the whole thing goes well tonight. Don't be too worried. But I'm joined here to my left. Firstly, we have the Leinster PRO, former Mead PRO, Martin Hallen, Rat Maline, Hurling legend. We've got Davy Rispin, Cortown, North Mead football legend. <laughs> and we have Brian Kelly, just a legend, full stop. Essential <laughs> Sound GFC, what a man. So tonight we've got a good few things to get through. We've got our introduction. We've got the results of the f- club football fixtures the last week or so. We've got the results of the Hurling Championship. We have the fixtures of the Hurling Championship. We've got our county teams then. We've got the under-20 Hurling. We have the Camogie team, ladies football team. We've got our minor ladies. And then we have our junior footballers, under-20 footballers and senior footballers. So firstly, we'd like to bring in for the A-League semi-final. Gail Column kill played Summerhill last Wednesday in Partalchen. Gail Column kill 2-10, Summerhill 1-9. I think I was actually the only person at that game, was I? Mm. So. So it just happens to be my voice at the start, so please don't turn off. <laughs> but it was actually a great game, and uh, we talked about it in the podcast probably just beforehand that it was actually going to be a cracker. Like, like Gail Colin Gale, like Dave, you've seen them throughout the mm. league so far. Like They put up some great scores getting to the semi-final. Yeah, no, they're, they're a savage outfit and um, very consistent in their team selection and all of that as well. But I think Summerhill came under the radar a little bit coming into the game, missing a few guys, but they, they managed to get Barry Dardis available for the game, which was a huge um, bonus for them. And I think he contributed 1-4 on the night and, and almost kind of dragged them over the line. I won't say single-handedly, but he had a huge influence in it. Um, they missed Shawnee Dalton, who's a key forward as well, through injury. So And Michal Byrne, I think, was only back too. So uh, Summerhill won't worry too much about it. They were under strength. I think Kells, it was important for them to get the win, considering you know their form in the league of, as of late. I think it was, a, it was a big win for them. And to carry on, you know, they bet Summerhill in the championship already. Um, or in the league, rather, sorry. Uh, in the group stages so that's a key win for them and they'll look forward to a final against Daphne Mahoney's Absolutely and Gail Conkill had a few key contributions by no wonder one of our main main fans of this <laughs> show uh, who do you think played well Brian would you have a guess? Seamus Matamo was it? Seamus Matamo actually did play well <laughs> he, he did score four points so you're right there yeah, anyone else? As per usual I'm generally right Kieran. anyone else? I suppose um, the, the fellow who Davey Rispin loves to love Beano Hanlon I think he did. I think he scored one. I think he scored one three. So I think that's probably a quiet that, that, night. That, that, that's <laughs> a poor night. That was for him. <laughs> so the Beano, he just chipped in. He probably had a poor night, but he's trying his best. 
So, absolutely, that was a cracker of a game. Just moving the mic away. If anyone here is live, you'll see we're just a bit loud on it, which I think is something that's been said to me a lot in my life today. So. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he is loud. But definitely, that, that's going to be a cracking final. They're going to play Navin and Mackneys in the final, which I think, for anyone that loves their football in Mead, like, you've got to get to that final. It's mm. going to be a great game. Two town teams. Probably no love lost between the two towns. No, no. Which is the best town in, in Mead? Trim. <laughs> oh, that's oh, controversial. That's a, that's a big one. <laughs> I said, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a horror, man. it's a Harlem stronghold after all, Davey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's uh, a Manny's year. I think they were trying to settle that maybe. in championship as well, Trim, so give them credit for that. Well, that is true, yeah. absolutely. But I was saying, Manny's the time I think Navin and Kells might have met off the football field to probably decide who the best town oh, to meet. We was, probably but, won't go into that now. But I'd say the CCC is probably still investigating some of them <laughs> incidents. But <laughs> So the next, <laughs> the next one is uh, the Junior A Football Championship. Group C, round three, is on. Uh, next weekend and they're actually all on the 20th at 7 o'clock so these are second team football matches there's Summerhill v Dunshockland Screen v Navin Amatnes Nafina v Wolf Tones and Gail Column Kill Centralstown so it'll be interesting Courtown actually hosting that last fixture so it's always interesting we discussed this like we don't we don't pay too much heed at this start of the year mm. at this time of the year to the second teams because we don't know where they are but definitely some good games there with the fixtures yeah, yeah. well Brian oh, I've asked you already yeah yeah give him his chance Brian what do you think <laughs> Yeah, ourselves and Kells should be a cracking game of football. Um, they met in the Junior B semi-final a few years ago, I think, below in Castle, if I remember rightly, and it was a great game. And there's a good crop of young lads come through in our club, and Kells have a lot of lads who've been around a while, battle hardened, been knocking on the door that senior team, who are very unlucky not to have won a senior championship at this yeah. stage. So it has all the makings of a very good game of football. I know some of our lads might go on to the pitch with their football boots on, but afterwards, they'll have the stats and all as they head to a barn dance. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Down with that sort of thing. <laughs> I say, if they can get the dancing done on the pitch, can we get the dancing done As a fellow who was at Westlake a few weeks ago, you can't come <laughs> with a musical taste. <laughs> but I suppose just something to, to add to Brian's comment there with the second team uh, groups carrying on, the senior is obviously going to be on hold until after the Super 8. So, you know, the junior group stage is pretty much going to be run off by the time the senior and intermediate kicks back into gear. So it actually represents a great opportunity for the second teams because they're going to hold on to more first team players than they might have if it was running in transition or you know seamlessly with the senior yeah, championship absolutely. for example so you could end up in a quarter final as a senior club and have still have a pretty strong hand available to you so that'll be interesting to see how that yeah, plays I think out the junior A the, the games and then for our next week's podcast we'll probably be looking at some more championship fixtures for mm-hmm. junior first teams but then on the we're coming to that stage doesn't seem that long in the year we're, we're starting our first kind of few finals now and the first final on the cards is actually the A-League Division 4 final between Connegale and Myla. We briefly discussed it. That's going to be Saturday at 1630 hours, half four in Partalchen. It's going to be a great game. And I know from seeing, we discussed this before, Davey, you probably seen Connegale probably first-hand. And <laughs> you, yeah. you, probably the sec- you probably didn't see the second-hand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? He probably knows them intimately at this stage. Well, uh, we don't want to talk about their private lives. But, uh, Myla, Myla <laughs> put in some great uh, displays in that league as well mm-hmm. as Connegale. And unfortunately, I did see Clondagale give Dunsany quite a whip in this year, so that's going to be a cracking final. And I think Per Tolson will be will be will be packed with supporters in both parishes. So, Dave, you in next to that one? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that'll be a great final. I think, in in fairness to the two clubs, they're the two outstanding teams in that division um, throughout the course of the campaign. And uh, you know, they've had to do with with missing lads throughout through you know me juniors, twenties, even seniors. Um, but in fairness to them, they're the two class acts in the group. I think uh, we 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 lost to both of them both narrowly enough Mile actually Mile bet us well enough in the end but it was close for the majority of it a bit like Mead yesterday but um, 
I think there's some key players. You obviously look at Sean Riley, Tommy O'Reilly as well with the Mead Juniors is, is an important player. Darren Gibney's another one um, that we always talk about. But with, with Clannagale, they've kind of gone with the, the younger guys now. A lot of the older lads have kind of made way for these these exciting crop of young players. And there's a lot of talk in, in Apoyerakarn. As well. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll be impressed with there. Um, and, and that they can actually make the step up to play intermediate football and to do that obviously you know playing division three is going to be important for them they've been in division four for a few years now and for a team they are a town team ultimately you know that they, they should be competing at a higher level and i think this represents a great chance for them absolutely and then moving on the other final is actually b league division two final it's going to be played between two senior teams dunshockland and nafina so brian what do you think about that there are two teams maybe not setting the senior life but maybe what's their second teams must be doing strong so Nafina have a right good team this year in the senior and they were minor finalists three years ago so they've a good crop of young lads coming through mm. led by the likes of Shane Walsh and Ethan Devine who are now in the mid senior team but behind them there's some cracking footballers so I think Nafina will probably in my eyes Nafina are probably favourites for that game tomorrow night yeah and it's, it's hard to know what to do I, I still like, remember Nafina absolutely burying goals and points by me in a junior C final of years yeah. yeah that was yeah. a cracking team some lads are still playing because they, they haven't gone back playing senior some of them have retired so it'll be interesting to see how good they'll be and that game is in uh, and of course they won the junior B last year yeah absolutely Thank that's God. in Manalby yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is in Manalby so that'd be that'd be interesting Gilmore Park has not too many finals so it'll be great to see Manalby hosting the final so next on the, the agenda is Tolchin Cup Cornerboy and Fesh Cup fixtures so just run through the Tolchin Cup very quickly the quarter finals when have Slane v Minalty St Vincent's Arcath v Carner Ross, Myla v the Ultons and Courtown v Kilbride. So just uh, any of them fixtures stand out for you, Martin will bring in any of them there, maybe Slay and Minolte, St Vincent's Carner Ross, Myla Ultons or Courtown Kilbride. See all those particular clubs and you know, I know our, uh, the county treasurer uh, has, who was uh, former secretary in Slane would be delighted to see uh, a victory for his, uh, his, his local club. They're trying really hard out there in these competitions. What they do represent is an opportunity for players who are not always on the first team, who have been there all summer, they've been training all winter as well, to get some sort of silverware. Mm-hmm. So league matches this time of the year are absolutely crucial. So the best to look to all teams involved. Absolutely. So we'll come to you in a second, uh, Davy, with Courtown. But any, any game? So you, Mile Ultons, Vincent's Canaros. What any of them do you think? Vincent's and Ross probably they played in was it the championship semi final last yeah, year? It was a cracker, yeah. Like hell of a game of football. Carner Ross have some real young talent coming through now. I know Frank O'Reilly is probably way late this week. He's living it up somewhere abroad. Bally Harness. But from that game last year, the Vincent's yeah. goalie's out in Australia. So like both teams have lost a few players from last year's mm. epic encounter for this game. So it's a toss of a kind between the two teams, really. But Absolutely. And then probably the, the pick of the quarterfinal, the Tulshan Cup. This is what people aspire to play <laughs> when they're young. They get up they, in Bohemian Parish. When they, when they can't make the ultimate scene, they go play for court. Huh? <laughs> no, no, that's, not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cheap shot. We cheap do shot. know some lads who travel miles past cup yeah, yeah, pitch to play. The geography court, of the parish now like, is intricate. Some, some lads of three teams, Central <laughs> Town, Dunsany. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So look, at least you stand up for your own. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Thanks for that, Mark. He doesn't. His own is probably judging by where he lives. His own should be ultimate. Okay, right, fair enough. But it's not. I'm delighted. But we're not. We're not. We're in a secret bunker, immediately and not We're not. We're not talking about where we are you know so what do you think Courtain Kilbride in a serious note um, yeah it's a, it's a big one uh, 
it probably represents a great chance as Martin said before championship to get game time into lads as well uh, we played them actually in B League last week it was a really hard fought game I think Kilbride won by two in the end and uh, it was a case of trying to hold everyone trying to kind of hold the races back for this week you know because it is a quarter final at the end of the day there is silverware and offer as Martin says and a great opportunity to win something um, Kilbride whilst they're junior B I'd suggest you know they're going to be junior A one way or another next year and I think they're very well equipped to do that because they're so young their age profile is I, I'd imagine in their, their early 20s probably at at, at the at oldest but um, we're going in with decent form you know we finished the league quite well and you know we have two wins from two in the championship and we'll be looking to build on that in a couple of weeks when we play St Vincent so it's a big game for both and, and a win going into championship would Probably. be important yeah no, it'd be interesting to see. So we move on now to the corner buying your fixtures. So their quarterfinals, and just like the Tolshin Cup, they'll be home home quarterfinals. So for the first team named, so the quarterfinals of the corner buying you, you have Walterstown Ballinabracky, you have Dundry v Dunbarra Emmets, you have Blackhall Gales v Castletown, and you have Ballinlock v Delique Bellystown. So Brian, we'll give you first preference to them. Anyone send a few there? Ah, uh, yeah, Walterstown versus Ballinabracky could be a real good game. Walterstown. Very unlucky not to have gained automatic promotion back to Division 2. Ballinabracky in the Division 2 final. Waterstown managed by Joe Trainer with Martin O'Connor alongside him. Like, so there's a real good brains trust over that team. They're a team who are really going to be looking to push on. They had great momentum coming towards the end of the league. That might have checked now at no game for a while. So this is mm. going to come at a really vital time for Ballinabracky there in the league final the following weekend. So it's a great preparation for that game. So both teams have something really riding on this to, to get momentum to bring them on. So it should be a really good encounter. Absolutely. So, uh, Martin, we'll go to you next. What do you think? Dunderry, Dunbarra, Blackhall, Gales, Castledown, Banlock, Delique. Any stand out for you? Well, I, I always like Dunderry. Uh, they're one team in County Meath. No matter <laughs> what particular uh, level uh, they play at, they bring their best form out onto the field and they, they give everything for us you know so they'll be there or there it'll be interesting you know? like, as I said like Stephen Coogan had a great game for the juniors mm-hmm. we're coming to the Mead juniors later on so it'll be interesting to see what the likes of him he plays well for Dunderry but again of course uh, Dunbarra had some great championship games and they're being managed by Conor Brennan who've managed Dunsany before and he's really up in the standard of the club mm-hmm. so it'll be an interesting one so Davey yourself last one Blackhall Gales with Castellan Banlock with Delique I think Ballinlock versus Delique Bellustown it, it should be yeah yeah um, uh, <laughs> but uh, no I think that'll be a good game good quality game two good sides in the intermediate championship you know uh, Delique Bellistown only you know in the grade a couple of years and Ballinlock beaten finalists last year they'll all have the junior players back so you yeah. have the likes of Robin Clark Johnny Riley etc back and, and the hurlers obviously as well we can't forget about Shawnee Garrity will be you know a huge plus for Ballinlock to get him back and into the team and give him a couple of games before championship because he wouldn't have played all that much football in recent months mm. you know with the hurling on so uh, I think that'll be a great game two two sides who'd have high aspirations of going close in, in the intermediate championship this year so I think that'll be a high scoring yeah, affair and it's something that will be brought up later in the podcast forgetting about hurling just something if you keep that in mind if you're viewing that's the topic it's going to be raised so forgetting about hurling matches but that, you'll you know about that <laughs> later on uh, the Fesh Cup fixtures so we've Dunham Ashburn v Gale Colum Kill Simon St Gales v Screen St Peter's and Boyne v Retoth and Summerhill v St Colum Kills so David we'll go to you first this time yeah. any of them stand out for you so who will be again I switched off altogether sorry <laughs> as long as the viewers aren't well, <laughs> yeah well, what's it they say in live television you should never work with children or animals so. <laughs> that's what I mean. I see <laughs> 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 we won't ask with <laughs> I think Simon Sound Screen is always a good one you know it's like the 
it's like the Colin Rock derby isn't it there um, and like that it'll be interesting to see probably Simonson will suffer without the, the me junior or me seniors rather so will screen with probably yeah. Campo on that but uh, that, Mickey Brennan be back from his holidays in time I don't know like yeah that, that's you probably won't hear that exclusive team news until um, no like now we'd have the inside track inside but maybe with his form he's probably in these kind of high high octane high heated games he's probably as well off not play but will that's he know sad. whether it's a round ball or an oval ball oh, that's uh, yeah let's hope he's kicking with the oval ball because I think he's more accurate with that <laughs> um, but no that's a, that's a really good game two, two, two teams with high pedigree in, in senior football in Mead um, two of the traditional heavyweights Absolutely. as well um, some good players on show so I think if you're if you're on the loose end get to that game and that's worth noting as well you've seen it on the We Are Mead uh, Twitter that our own Mickey Brennan will be representing Cavan oh, as much as it pains him to say it uh, he's representing well more or less himself I think I think he's, he's, I think he's got football camps like, yeah. like he might do many of the time you're not saying he's a mate fan are you no he'll, he'll, if he gets the ball he'll probably just shoot but uh, he's playing up in Den uh, Den where we were supposed to play that uh, challenge match with the Mead Seniors early in the year got called off over with the, mm. the mumps so they've obviously went for a different type of pitch opening and fundraiser. There's going to be an, uh, a Masters uh, International Rules Compromise Rules game. So our Mickey Brennan's probably going to score about 15 points. And, and he, would you believe... With only two goals and a few at, wides. At 40 <laughs> years and a month or six weeks old, he's going to be the youngest player on the team as well. So. He'd be like a spring lamb out there. Yeah, yeah. So Brian, yourself next, we'll keep on the Fesh Cup. Uh, Summerhill versus Colin Kills is the one that stands out there for me. They played a cracking game of football last year in the Fairy of Steel Senior mm. Football Championship quarter-final. Both teams are going to be missing a few lads this week with fellas being tied up with county commitments. Ben Brennan didn't play for me at the weekend. It'll be interesting to see if he lines out for the kills this week like Barry Darris did last week for Summerhill. If he did, it'd be a huge boost for the kills because mm. he actually, apart from championship football this year, he hasn't played for Colin Kills because he had a few different knocks over the year which ruled him out of any league matches where county men were available. Both teams have also had good underage success in recent times that have good young lads coming through. It's a great opportunity for these young lads now and there's a few lads caught up with county commitments. So they have a chance now to, to put a stake up for a spot on the team come championship. And that really has the makings of a brilliant game of football. Perfect. Uh, Martin, you've done it with Ashburn and Kells or St Peter's done buying under tote. Which game do you think is out for you? Yeah, uh, all great. St Peter's done buying under tote. Neighbours, of course, uh, uh, they'll be fairly competitive yeah. but like all the games we're talking about and what we said already about other competitions opportunities for lads to stake to claim the championship will be getting underway again in three or four weeks time and anyone who wants to stake their claim in these games these are the ideal but look I'd like to say in that Fesh Cup competition that was one of the biggest competitions in mean football for a whole generation mm. you know it's a pity now that the public don't respond and come out and support their clubs and I'd like to see the Fesh Cup coming back to his old glory because there was a time when it would attract as many as a championship game you know so these are very competitive games great opportunity you don't have to pay through the nose to go to them so it would be great to see people going to those games again I think I think that's an important point just that Martin made as well and we've spoken about it several times in the podcast that there's been walkovers given you know in the Fesh Cup this year for example that's really bringing the kind of profile of the competition and the history of it down significantly as well and Absolutely. it should be treated with the utmost respect because as Martin said back 20 or 30 years ago a Fesh Cup medal wasn't was as important or as valued as, as a Keegan Cup medal so yeah and like in 2008 it was played as the curtain raiser to the county final yeah mm. and it was a ourselves and Dunbine played in the final and it was a brilliant match mm. went to extra time actually delayed the senior final which has been broadcast live on TNG 
Is that the Summerhill and Phoenix? No. What game is that like? Oh, Mahoney's and Summerhill, I think it was. Yeah. But like, it can't fetch cup football. There's less pressure on players. Yeah. So they have a chance to go out and express themselves a bit more than maybe they have in the pressure cook or a senior championship. And it c- they can be brilliant games of football. Hmm. Well, definitely, because like, I've heard stories of the great attendances at Fesh Cup and that, and it's something that we love to see back. But maybe again, we look at fixture schedule and that when you're playing it in the middle of the summer. Some people see summertime as the best time to play championship, others think it's the worst thing ever when lads go on holidays and all the different things. So we won't worry about that because we're moving on to item three on the agenda, which thankfully I've got a bit of backup in the podcast this week. Normally I'm 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 the very much on my own in this, but we've the hurling championship, hurling fixtures to talk about now. So if the two boys just want to leave, they can <laughs> <laughs> they can leave. We'll Martin, have a cup of tea, will we? As I said, I call them. Yeah, would someone say you could go with yeah. them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just going to say how great you were, but yeah, I might just okay. think about the. As I said to you, Rapaline great and the Leinster PRO, and he's our hurling PRO in the county as well. But just to run through, firstly, we had results in the hurling championship since our last podcast. Uh, Firstly, in Group A of the Senior Hurling Championship, Kiltail actually narrowly in in debated the home of Hurling Rathmaline bet Longwood by three points. Then uh, Kline bet St Peter's and Boyne four eleven to one twelve. They were the two Group A fixtures. Then in the other group, unfortunately, my own lads Clemesson fell down to a Nafina team, a good team in fairness, at three sixteen to two twelve. And then we're going to come to a game that was postponed. Navan O'Mahony's and Boardsville. We'll have a brief discussion on that. And then in the intermediate hurling. Uh, Kilskier Myla had one nineteen to Kiltail's three eleven, and uh, the village of Rathmaline bet Kildaki two sixteen to seventeen points. So they're two great, ga- two great uh, uh, weekends of hurling we've had so far. So firstly, Martin, you were at the Longwood Kiltail game. Certainly what did you was, make? and well, well, the firstly, what I would like to say is uh, Rathmaline uh, club. The effort they're actually making. Uh, to promote hurling uh, with their pitches and the whole lot getting games it's absolutely brilliant um, for a whole generation there was no uh, championship matches played in Rathmaline the the pitch is exceptional and I'm not just saying that um, that's the general belief I need the reporters who were at us mm. uh, said that they were very lucky the first their, their first championship game there a fortnight ago uh, I know you discussed this last week um, was between Longwood and Killine excellent game of hurling then the second game, as you were talking about last week, the county champions, and you know, I think they're actually getting better. I think this Kiltail mm. team, you know, where they have achieved their five in a row. Seventeen you points know, by Longwood, though. They did, yeah. It's an exceptional score, and you would expect to win most yeah. games uh, with seventeen scores. But you know, Kiltail were missing a few. You know, uh, yeah. they're involved with a lot of other things. You know, as we know, yeah, and. It was an excellent game, you know. It was a nice, it was, it was very a, warm. a great moment. By we've yeah. talked with Shane McGann yeah. on this podcast yeah. a lot. Mm. Shane McGann pulled off a, a, a wonder yeah. save to keep the minute, too. Well, didn't he? You, you very seldom ever go to a game that Shane McGann won't do that. He's, yeah. He really is an exceptional goalkeeper. Uh, but it was, in fairness to Longwood, like Longwood have a small pick, you know, and they're a great club in, in their own right. I know they have an icon in Mickey Burke. We all we all like mentioning Mickey Burke's name. But really, you know, he's involved with the county football team. You know, uh, they're promoted this year, Longwood, uh, to senior ranks. Mm. You know, and I'm sure they're even surprised with that. But it's fantastic. Then in the Hurling Championship, you know, big performance in the first round um, against Killine. They looked in trouble at halftime against Kiltail. Big performance there in the second half. The, you know, Mickey, Damien Healy, you know, the Ennises, you know, all of those boys, they put a huge amount of work. And it's a club going places. They really are, and they're, they're a credit to it. But uh, 
once again the experiences you know the Marco Sullivan's and all those lads that Kiltail have they, they know it's these like you know, men, yeah. and it's a credit to them as well the way they keep coming there was a big crowd in Ratmaline uh, before the game so I really enjoyed that you were talking about other games Kiltail uh, v Dunboyne Kiltail yeah. v you know they would have been very disappointed losing the first round uh, to Longwood uh, they looked like they had the game won they were in control for, for a long period of the game and then they just let it slip you know, St. Peter's Dunboyne, I seen them playing against uh, Retort. Um, they looked in trouble there. They came right back into it. A great a great late finish by uh, Mickey Dunn brought them back into it. But Killine are also uh, a hurling team in the making. They, mm. they are they're very much in the development stage. They're going to be very, very strong. As you come to the under-20s you know, later, they've yeah, lads in under-20 yeah. panels and lads in minor panels. So You know, and they're, they're going to be very, very strong um, as the championship. And all those teams that we're talking about, we must we must remember that they were the ones who were making their contributions to our county team for Absolutely. the Christie Ring and for all those particular competitions. So two rounds gone um, of the Ireland Championship. Trim going very well on the other side. Um, then, you not, know, not going so yeah, well, look at you know, Kilmeston are very much in the development stage. They're you know, twenty nine senior titles. You know, they're doing up the ground out there. You mm. know, you can't do everything. They're working away in their underage structures. You know, and okay, they might be down now and things aren't going well, but I've absolutely no doubt that uh, they will be back again in the future. You know, and I'm not just saying that to to lick people's. You know what I'm saying. Like hurling clubs in County Mead, some of them are very strong at the moment, some of them are not. But every one of them are actually making progress and underage and development. You know that because mm. you're involved with those particular competitions. So there is an awful lot of work going on. Nafina, what can we say about Nafina really? Because, you know, they're 25 years as such as a club. You know, they're senior hurling, they're senior football. They have players on the senior hurling team. You know, for the county, the players and all levels, minors, twenties, and the whole lot. And you know, the progress they have made is an example to the rest of us um, in County Mead. You know, they've recently opened a new pitch up there. You know, and have all the facilities. So, you know, there's a lot of positive work. I know I'm talking like everyone is positive, but there is a lot of positive things going on in Mead at the moment. Absolutely, I think the hurling like it says we love the old, we love the old hurling is always a phrase yeah. thrown out. Chivers, John Andrews, and Trim, a few lads thrown around, and uh, we do love the old hurling. This podcast, that's and hopefully next week we'll have maybe a third hurling man, and maybe we'll lose another football man, and we'll slowly but surely no, but I, take I, over I, in the county. I, I, think <laughs> the listeners, I, I, I think the way we type of brandy around words like uh, he's a hurling man and a football know, man, or he's from North, like it, yeah. he's from North Mead, or he's from South Mead. The great thing about all of us here, we're all Mead men. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all we see each other at matches, whether it's hurling or yeah. football, and that's what we want the rest of the county mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. You know, to get behind yeah. the county, GA County. You know, hurling and football. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, we probably have to just make a comment on the Matinee's Boards Mill thing. That's basically looking into it. Unfortunately, the no referee showed up to the senior match that was due to be played in Trim on Friday night. But I think from just talking, I think it was just genuine human error from the the fixture making committee's behalf. The fixture went out very late. And the appointment of the referee just never happened, and it's just unfortunately, it's something that the the lads and the girls in the CCC would put their hands up and say it's a mistake. But I don't think some people bandied around saying it's a disgrace and wouldn't happen here, wouldn't happen there. But it's just a genuine error, and I think uh, people, genuine GA people, will understand that as an error and they'll move on. But 
All I can say is thank God we're no, it's not our fault. That's all I can say. Well, it is a difficult situation. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, look at I understand from from both uh, Omani's and Boris Mill point of view. Friday evening, people coming home from work and all that, trying to be there. Uh, that game was called off already because of a bereavement. Mm. So it's now going to have to be fixed for um, for a third time. But to be using words like uh, disgrace and all of that, yeah. you know, that's a bit over the top. Mistake was made, human error, and we must remember we're all volunteers Absolutely. at the end of the day. So, Lucas, I'm quite sure whoever made the mistake didn't want to do it intentionally no, or anything fact. like that. So, we'll have Absolutely. to try and get on with it. Absolutely. Play on is the great yeah. Mick Ryan, the referee. No, so play on. on. I suppose a big <laughs> thanks there to Jer Smith from Boards Mill, who he, went, he was at the match to support Boards Mill. The game didn't go ahead, and when the referee for the minor game, which was also fixed for trim, didn't show up because of a family emergency. Jer Smith stepped into the breach and refereed that game so fair play to him without him doing that we would have lost two games on Friday night yeah, well, he probably could have put a cap on him or something let on he wasn't from Boardsville yeah. and done the senior match and tried to pull a stroke there but we, we'll move on just a few fixtures in the hurling as well uh, the Brennan Davis Cup which wasn't finished last year is thankfully been played this year we're at round three of that and them games are actually happening at half seven tonight so the teams will be out in the field at the moment so uh, maybe one or two lads got the airpods in the under the helmet maybe and they're listening to us so if you're out there Clemesson are playing Rathmalines tonight in the village so well, come on the Clemesson lads that's right Clemesson you're right well I won't comment who <laughs> will win it but yeah. I just want to comment on that particular competition I'm glad it's now been played the way it is to Brendan Davis Brendan Davis himself great Kildockey man hmm. great contribution uh, to hurling in me both as a referee both as chairman of his club everything involved with, with Kildaki and Mead over the years so it's great that somebody like this um, you know there is a competition for him trophy called after him and his family and all the people in Kildaki deserve a lot of credit for that also mm. so this is and like, like the other competitions we were talking about you know there's two rounds of the championship gone now yeah. this is a chance for uh teams to play their Absolutely. you know lads who are just on 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 the edge of getting on their first team and Fact. it's a great chance you know well, I don't said, know who's going to win no, well, between Rathmaline and, and Kilmesson well uh, Rathmaline are playing Kilmesson right now so just for because we're live I can't do me normal thing where I say everyone wins so just for this is if anyone's not listening live so well done on Rathmaline winning <laughs> well done on Kilmesson winning no, right so that's how you edit the win so I can cut out the one that's wrong okay. so and you see how it works we're live though. no but I'm yes. saying for the podcast well, we just, like, <laughs> just like to Rathmaline Hurling Club like to win their games on the field so yeah, you yeah. know uh, <laughs> not in this bunker in North Mead yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other, the other games that are on the half seven tonight Dumri v Ratoth Kildaki v Klein and St Peter's Dunboyne versus Kiltail so they're all brilliant games so next we're moving on now to the under 20 hurling game uh, Martin O'Halloran you were at that game that game finished with an impressive uh, victory for me 217 to 114 and that put me through and they're actually on the virtual beating Kildare they're now playing Saturday 1pm in Semple Stadium v Kerry so any thoughts on that game or anyone you thought it was an excellent game of hurling I can tell you that now but it was played in uh Blistering sunshine, even at that hour of the evening. Um, like some, as you said, was, we were talking about this off air, mm. like, and we were talking about the scoring. And it's coming from so, so many different people, like Nicky Potterton got 1 4, Mikey Mullen 4, Shawnee Martin 1 1, Ian Birmingham 2, Evan Fitzgerald 2, like, and even your own Vinnie Ward from Rattle Lane got 1, and a few others chipped in with 1. So it just shows that's some great fielding and some great scoring. It was great scoring, and it was very, very competitive, and you know. Uh, as you said, the young Kaline lad, excellent, Mickey. Uh, 
the Birmingham lad from Trim, he's a big talent. Hmm. Vincent Ward, Rockmaline, have, have great faith in him, you know. But everyone who was there, and I, the wonderful thing about the game, right, uh, this is a, a side note to it, was seeing the legendary Sean Boylan out in the field like a young kid, yeah. you know, with arms around shaking everybody's hand you know Sean was great at doing that motivating everybody and it really was great to see you know that Sean his grassroots was always hurling in Dunboyne and it was great to see him there and Vinnie Guy and all the world and it was a good crowd as you know yeah. I have to say uh, there's still plenty of support for us and uh, I wish them every success in Saturday because that's yeah. it's Cause a it tough was, game because it was good talking it like uh, we mentioned it on the podcast the week previous and it was the Chronicle and LMFM and all the different outlets online were talking about it, so it's great to see the media team doing so well. Mm. And Kerry have always been a stumbling block in that competition because they're very strong. Kerry are very strong in most Gaelic games uh, competitions, but we wish the lads best of luck. Yeah, and if you said to me, look, our under twenties are going to be playing in Sample Stadium, like that's a wonderful mm, opportunity absolutely. for anyone. Like it's the home of hurling, you know. Let's be fair about it, that in terms of a venue, and uh, so certainly something to look forward to on Saturday, start of a great weekend. Absolutely, and then next on in our uh, the hurling community, the. The Camogie team, uh, Mead, fell out to a, as I said, we've talked about this before, that that's the senior team in Cork, 3.22 to Mead's 1.5. It looks like, again, unfortunately Mead lost, but again, we talked about the standard of that competition and they really are trying to push themselves on that level. And it just we just hope that they don't, they don't kind of maybe lose the chance of playing these competitive senior games and they don't keep falling back down. But there was a very positive thing, though, in Camogie at the weekend. Uh, Abby Donnelly from Clemesson was representing Clemesson and Mead and she actually won the senior Leinster Puck Fada up on the Sugarloaf Mountains in Wicklow so that's a fair achievement and big shout out to Abby Donnelly and Clemesson Is there anything that girl has a won? She really is a sensation Yeah well you know. the, the Clemesson Camogie team are legendary in Mead GA because they've won pretty much everything and they continue to do so well so just hope now if the all Ireland competition she can give her another leather of the ball and win it so fair play it's to brilliant. Abby So then just moving on our next item then uh, we're doing well we're 33 minutes into the podcast Keep her late Keep her late as I said So Mick, the next Mickey one Mickey is sacked mm-hmm. Mickey sacked sure. But sure Mickey goes Mickey yet. goes on and on and on and on <laughs> Not like me yeah. I'm very to the point you know yeah. <laughs> Don't comment anyway Thank you After uh, <laughs> many hours in the car room this week would, Do we agree? Too many <laughs> <laughs> Well as I said the show must go on Let's go So um, next was the ladies Gaelic football match Mead played Tipperary So Tipperary won that game out in a scoreline of 6-10 to one fourteen, and I believe Ashley Maloney for Tipper we've mentioned her before was a star so Brian any, any comments on that? Yeah I suppose a good start is half the battle but unfortunately it was Tipperary who got the good start they got two goals straight from the throw in won the ball straight through the heart of me defence goal from the kick out turned the ball over second goal and it's very hard to come back from got third did they as well? could well have done it's yeah. very hard to come back from a start like that me did re- Meaden attacked it very well. They put up a very respectable scoreline. It's just that kind of a start. It, it, it very rarely, apart from maybe a certain junior game at the weekend, does a team recover from a, a start mm. to that extent. But like to our credit, Emma Duggan chipped in with a good few scores again. She's going to start for Mead, hopefully, in the minor final this weekend. A few more of the panel have spent the last couple of weeks up in Guido and the Gale talked as part of our college course. That would have disrupted training for a while, so... They're finished that course now, so you'd hope over the next couple of games they'll have full numbers of training and they'll go on and you won't meet many teams of the calibre Tipperary in that grade. It probably is difficult for them, as you, as you mentioned, the minor. They're trying to juggle these games mm. coming in, in you know close proximity to each other, even training. like I know it's something that we'll come to with the juniors. 
they were kind of the junior lads who were on the senior panel were kind of allowed to go and train with the juniors but it's difficult when you have girls like Emma Duggan who's playing in both teams and she's a key player in both teams even at you know our, our young age it's to just to, you know tactically to when you're doing them sort of bits to get them in and, and if it's a tactical play or whatever it mm. might be it's very difficult if she's not there to try and you know get her in on doing and the stuff you know so it's very hard on that player as well mm. such a workload they, they don't want to miss training with the minors they don't want to yeah. miss training with the seniors I believe there's a game coming up potentially where there could be a clash on the same weekend with the minor and senior that's very difficult for a player because you need your recovery time yeah. but any player at that age all they want to do is play football so where do you say stop yeah, so I think it's it's been a good weekend and hopefully that minor fixture that Brian referenced is on Sunday the 21st of July at 2pm in Kingscourt v Monaghan. Unfortunately, that's a direct clash with me Super 8 game against Mayo, which unfortunately, again, sometimes fixture makers, the joined up thinking doesn't be there, but hopefully the LGFA might get that game maybe 7 o'clock or even play it in the morning time at 11 o'clock or something, get it played before and let people go to both. But but even then, we just focus on the seniors. They still have Longford and Wicklow to play in that group and they should be able to beat both those teams they're playing Wicklow Saturday the 20th of July at 2pm in Ashburn so definitely got to go and support the girls there then the following week fixture hasn't been confirmed yet but it's V Longford uh, in Ashburn at 2pm as well but they haven't done the date yet I don't think so it's definitely much so the ladies uh, hopefully they'll they'll keep it going and we wish our good friend Fergal Lynch absolutely he's going to have to miss the game because he's of his involvement with uh, Mead ladies on, on Sunday look it's never easy like we had fixed our games you know these uh, Super 8 games have been fixed from the start of the year they're mm. part of a calendar yeah. you know I suppose maybe it is time for more conjoined thinking mm. you know like we'd love to be able to support uh, the ladies more and, and, and I know the ladies who, who are playing and the mentors and all involved would, would want to go to that particular game so it is a difficult situation but we still wish them well as an All-Ireland semi-final so absolutely I'm saying about, you know, about Lynchy he, like he, he's He's our sister podcast over talking a good game and see now if he manages a good game now. He certainly him. talks a good game. We do meet him for lunch all the time. He's not very good at buying, so maybe uh, it's time yeah. to start to buying lunch for the lads. Yeah, you know? I think that's yeah. only, only right, and you hear it there first, you know. Yeah. He's just his mindset in the match. Yeah. So just moving on now to the next uh, inter county fixture, and it was the under 20s football match, uh, Mead v Leash down in Port Leash, where we fell out to a 113 to 7 point loss with the under 20 footballers. Disappointing. So firstly, I think Dave, you were last not last to speak. So go ahead, you're first there. Now. What did you think of the match? Was it disappointing or? Were yeah, it was. It was a bit of a disaster from start to finish. To be honest with you, uh, you know, we we started on the back foot, and I think Leash got that early goal, which was key, and and they kind of controlled the game from there on in. And I thought our lads were a little bit flat from the start, and um, we we lost key players. I mean, Keen McBride was clearly targeted, you know, and and he had to well, go both, off both after. hips and your neck would fairly they're fairly yeah. important aspects. Of your body e- even for a guy that size, and to be fair, he he probably could and should have maybe went off a little bit earlier because he was mm. just a passenger in the full forward line. Um, but it's very hard to take a player like that off unless it really is last resort. So, you know, it, it's disappointing, and I think we'll we'll hear Barry in a few minutes and his quotes from it, and he you know reference how me they're so much of a better side than that and there is a lot more in this group and he feels that the, you know we will see more it's just disappointing when you don't perform to the standard that you know you can do um but you know fair play to leash they were they were the much better side in the night and they go forward to play dublin now in the Leinster final absolutely brains we talked before but um Cahill hickey was one of the probably better performers for me the day what did you think of himself and maybe the other backs just in general or? yeah i suppose like early on they lost 
Robbie Clark mm. from screen to a black card, which probably unsettled the defence because he's been such a key component. A very good minor two years ago. A very promising footballer going forward. Probably unlucky to be put off. He lost his balance. He put the hand out instinctively. And as he put the hand out, he caught the leash player who he brought down. A different referee might have given him the benefit of the doubt. The referee did or not didn't. These, that's the way the cookie crumbles. But yeah, Cottle Hickey, a cornerback, he... He plays in the front foot. He doesn't know how to step, take a step backwards. He comes out, he wins his ball, he drives forward. He's he's a real leader. He came in from last year's minors. He was in the Pats team this year. One of their outstanding footballers playing in the half-back line. Named a cornerback for the 20s, but he often finds himself out around the half-forward line if the opposition play a two-man full-forward line. Yeah. And he's a player with a bright future. He'd love to see in... T- in him getting his two more years with the 20s and then maybe push on to the senior panel because I think it's hugely important as a county we've two Leinster under 17 winning teams coming through as the backbone of next year's under 20 team and it's a huge thing for me that we can go on and win a Leinster at the very least a Leinster under 20 in the next year or two to push on from that minor success Absolutely and Martin you were there as well and I, I was impressed myself with the, maybe some of the size of size of our players me that we've been impressed it's a big under 20s team but when you come out to see Leash a lot of lads 20 years of age in that team and the size just take one Dan McCormick the full forward um, we have a, we have a bit of an anecdote about him as well we, we'll, we'll talk in a second but like he's a like to quote the both a stallion man you know you like he's, say, a, yeah. he's massive and what did you think of the Leash team? Yeah look they were, they were excellent and nice if you just go back to the week before, me bet awfully in a bruising game mm. um, in Park Talton. You know, so really, it, part of me would have wonder, did our lads recover? Because uh, it really was a bruising fixture yeah. um, in Park Talton against Offaly. Offaly came all guns blazing. You know, we held on and we went on to win the game. The game started in similar fashion um, in Pork Leash. You know, as he said, my pride, um, it took two fairly difficult challenges for anyone and you know and it put him out of the game Meade already on the back foot you know Leash were very strong great win over Kildare you know and uh, on the day they were actually they were just were the superior team but I'll, I'll roll in with uh, Brian's point a very young team there's mm. a, there's more uh, in this team you know there's a woeful difference between a lad 18 and 19 you're still in the development stage you know we'll be that much stronger again uh next year and I know Barry would be extremely disappointed uh, with the performance in the night but look you can't take away from the fact that on the night Leash were superior it doesn't help when you lose your full back it never helps when you lose your full back but I'm not even sure that was uh, no. an issue from start to finish uh, they were in con- Leash were in control of the game and it should be good for football in Leash as a Leicester man I have to speak this way yeah. you know <laughs> we would love to see a good strong um, Leash team coming through and but of course they're, they're meeting um, Dublin um, in Tullamore the game's live in TG Car if you can't go to the game on Friday um, on, on, on Friday evening yeah, at half seven so that's it'll be quite a game the, the, you know like when the Dublin have racked up some uh, huge scores in this competition yeah. already, and you know, but I, I don't think Leash will have any fear of them. No, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, Barry Callahan, the manager mm-hmm. from Dundry, and his disappointment. And uh, we have an interview now from Barry Callahan, so we'll all have a listen to it now. Yeah. Joined by Barry Callahan after a difficult um, evening in Port Leash. Barry, um, tough, tough night from start to finish. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. 
very, very tough, uh, very hard to take. Didn't do ourselves justice. Feel really bad for the players because it's not a true reflection of their ability. And unfortunately, you have 60 minutes to deliver on at the moment in time, and we didn't do it tonight. I suppose, um, you know, linked to the discipline, we won't go any further than mentioning um, at Costello and, and the injuries sustained tonight. I know it's probably early days, but uh, it didn't look great. It didn't look great. Not sure the full extent of the injury. I just hope it's not not, not too serious. Uh, he's, he's a super footballer and a huge talent. Really good lad. Excellent attitude. And I just hope it's not too serious an injury. Yes. Yeah. And I know it's a difficult night, Barry, but... Upon reflection, you know, you've mentioned several times how good of a group it is and, and how much they bought into the system and everything that goes with it. Mm. You can't judge them really on tonight's performance. As you said already, That they are better and they mm. just didn't show it tonight, but there's a lot more in this group, surely. There is. There's a lot of talent in footballers there and I haven't hidden what I think of them. Mm. And I'm not going to let 160 minutes change that. We can't take away from the fact that we didn't perform tonight. I said mm. management had to take responsibility for that as well. We're all in this together. And it, it's very disappointing, but we can't let this define this group of players. Because mm. there's a huge amount of talent there. Um, we're having a good run at the moment. The seniors are making good strides. And I firmly believe some of these guys can come into that over the next couple of years and, and, and bring that again on a level. Um, tonight, not everyone is going to agree with me. But that's what I firmly believe. Yeah, and, and I suppose just going back to the game, finally, uh, everything seemed to go wrong. You know, Keen McBride going off at half time, and, and just before it, he is is pretty He was fouled for what looked like a second bookable, and it looked as if the referee was going to brandish the red card and decided not to at the last minute. That probably just summed everything up. Yeah, look, I certainly won't uh, blame the referee yeah, for performance yeah, no. tonight. No, no. We'll have to look at our, our, ourselves. A lot went wrong, a lot of silly mistakes, probably our work rate, our energy levels weren't where they wanted, we wanted them to be, they weren't where the players wanted them to be. And it's just, as I said, can't get away from that, it was dis just a disappointing performance and we have to accept that, but I don't believe it's a true level of a lot of those guys' ability. We'll try and finish on, the, on a bit of a positive, if we can at all, Barry, I know it's difficult, but you mentioned that there's you know there's clearly good work being done on Rage with Mead and, and they're a good group and that and you already believe that they can make the step up. Um you know, what yeah. what has the future in store for, for these lads and probably the a lot yeah, of them are competing the are underage next year as well. Yeah, the majority of this group I think about three quarters are underage next year and a large portion, I think we ten off the last year seventeens are underage and again the following year. Um yeah, I think the fu the future the future is it right, there's a lot of work being done in fairness at the county board level. The guys are trying to put structures in place and they're putting them in place and they're putting the work in and they're putting the money in and, and putting the resources in. Seamus Kenny really really is driving that with, with the rest of the county board. So there's a lot of good work. It's just um on a personal level it's very frustrating if you you know that we didn't get to kinda of show that to the to the, the greater public, including the main public tonight. Barry, thanks for coming out and speaking to us. It was a difficult, difficult enough uh, no, scenario. No problem, David. Yeah. Cheers, Thank Barry. you. So that was Barry Callahan, the manager of the under-20s team. And like it just is, it's, it makes you feel like, you know, go back to that night of Port Leash. And it was so disappointing. You can hear that in his voice. And it just really was a frustrating evening. But just first thought to you, Brian, the Matt Costello injury. You have an update on that for us. Thank yeah, you. Um, thankfully the news isn't as bad as first feared on Matt. There was a fear that he could have suffered a serious leg injury, but it turned out to be very bad bruising. 
So I've no doubt that Matt will be back in the playing pitch for Dunshockland by the first round of the by round three of the championship. Absolutely. So just give you closing remarks on that, Davy. Just the on a bit like not defining. That was something mm. that he he mentioned not not define us and more to us and not let sixty minutes define us. So what do you think of that? We'll, we'll finish the remarks on that. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with Barry on that. I think Martin already mentioned how how good of a game it was against a quality awfully team. It has to be said, you know, it wasn't just a you know a poor team that they really put it up to us that night in Navan, and there was such a good feel good factor walking away from Park Talton that night as well. And I think that's the real me team, and and that's the team that we're probably going to see a lot more of in, in future years. Barry's mentioned three quarters of the guys can still play next year, which is a huge proportion. And as Martin again says, that the development of these guys isn't fully complete until they reach that nineteen twenty bracket. So yeah, there's a lot more to come from them. They'll be disappointed, but they'll dust themselves down. They'll go back to their clubs, and they'll they'll look forward to plenty more good days in in green and gold. Absolutely, that under twenty, it might be a, a kind of a blip in the road, but definitely there's a lot, lot more to come from them. So, next on to probably the pick of the, the games of the weekend was the, the the, the All Ireland Junior Semi Final up in Roscommon in the Doctor Hyde Park, between Mead and Galway. So if you're if you're listening, don't try and count this in your head. We'll give you the we've had to write it down a few times. So after the sixty minute game, this was the score at norm after normal time. So it was Mead four seventeen to Galway six eleven. That's a fair score, and that was after normal time. But you can see now, this is what they scored at in extra time. Uh, unfortunately, Galway proved to be the winners on the day with 7 17 uh, to 5 22 Mead. So that just shows you uh, the amount of scoring and really was uh, the true epitome of junior football. There wasn't a sweeper to be seen, and it was just how many can you score? I bet you I can score one more. So, Martin. We, you were you were in trim, so we will. Well, no, I just like to comment, juniors, and yeah. I, I want to thank you guys and uh, people who listen in. Obviously, know uh, how much work yeah. you do on social media, mm. Twitter, uh, Facebook, and all that. And that's where yeah. I was actually following the game. Yeah. But I would say any game that you score twenty points and you don't win, you'd be disappointed. Any game you score thirty points plus <laughs> and you don't win, you'd be horrified. And then if you score thirty-five, you know, <laughs> and if you score thirty-five, well. I think it was 38. Look, oh, I'm I'm a big fan of Davy Nelsons and uh, Davy has brought him a long way and I'm sure he was asking himself questions all weekend. What happened? I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'm I'm fairly sure um, there'll be another day with this group of lads. You know, Rory O'Quillan would have been a huge loss. He's such a quality player to have at that particular level. You know, but those who were on it. You know, hard luck, as opposed to thought, we're dreaming of an All-Ireland yeah. final, but it just didn't happen. Well, that, that's a lovely tie-in, uh, you said, where maybe Davey was asking himself mm-hmm. questions, but ironically, Davey was asking him questions. <laughs> it's a different Davey, so we can go to the Davey Nelson interview, <laughs> so we can. Davey, um, hard luck, uh, heartbreaking defeat in the end. Uh, your side put everything into it, and you couldn't really ask for any more from them. Couldn't be more proud of David. They were absolutely magnificent. Um, to play so well... Mm in the attacking sense or 5.22 over whatever it was a couple of hours football an hour and a half football it was simply brilliant and I, I thought it was a freakish nature to the goals you conceded I'm, I'm embarrassed as a coach for, for them I want to help them and it just was one of those days that um, I've never ever seen before you know and um, it kept throwing Galway a lifeline I thought they say the best team get the most goals wins the match and yes well done Galway but I felt very hard on us yeah I, I, I had a I had a brief word with Stephen O'Rourke just there before you came over and he says you know we, we've scored five goals today five really good well worked yeah, goals yeah. and they've got seven probably five 
sloppy goals I suppose is the best yeah. way to describe them yeah it, that's very frustrating isn't it desperate frustrating and, for, and particularly for the players you know they're the ones that are out there. first of all but the players that are out there you know as I said it was a day I, like I've never seen you might get you know, one or two in a match yeah. once a year or twice a year and I'd say to a goalie or whatever if it's him or full back look you, that won't happen to us again we'll, and it doesn't um, and it would been great to get out of here with that because I thought our I thought our performance deserved the win mm. but we didn't get it yeah, I suppose that the effort in normal time was exceptional, and you were full value for the, you would have been full value for the victory um, in in normal time, and then the goal literally with the last kick of the game. Last kick of the game in normal time was such a sickener, you know, and um, but the lads didn't drop their heads, came out again for the second half, also, for the extra time, they, they, they got the couple of points, but we stormed back, refused to bend, we never bend it out there, and. I just thought our exuberance was fantastic, and maybe, uh, maybe some of our exuberance was part of our problem, you know, in the greater scheme of things. But I couldn't be any prouder of lads there. I'm a long, long time around, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a poor day when you go out and you don't perform, and lads are inhibited or whatever that would happen. Somebody can't explain things. Today we played brilliantly and lost, and that's the bottom line. But but what about the overall journey, Davy? It's yeah. been fantastic, hasn't yeah. it? From the Loud game, how far we've come on Absolutely. with the Leinster final, and now this Absolutely. weren't given a chance today. Yeah. Came in and, and probably should have won the game. But yeah. overall, the experience has been unbelievable, hasn't it? I would say lads would tell you that uh, it was a very very good uh, team group of players. We had a serious problem picking the twenty four. Um, uh, with a lot of lads uh, putting their hands up, and we would beat Loud by a point. Came from eight points down. We beat Clare by two, as you know, and, and today followed the wrong side of a, a marathon by one point. Um, as a pathway to, th- this team is also important as a, a pathway to senior football. Yeah. And there's no doubt we've seen mid senior players of the near future out there today. And that's ultimately uh, very important because I can't believe how other counties don't buy into this junior, but I think it's a. Great that we won the, our, our Leinster Championship in Crow Park, but this is a major thing for them that have the ambition the, to play senior football. It's in them to do it, I several of s- them. Yeah, I spoke to Danny Quinn, who's, who's been in and around the senior panel, obviously. He's not the only one. Yeah. But he's he's mentioned that there's guys there who are, yeah. you know, no yeah. disrespect to the grade, but they're far yeah. too good for this grade. Yeah. They can make the step up and probably will do, as you I, said. I think so. I mean, you know, Darren Cohen with Mayo st- st- starring it this year, uh, won his Mayo Junior Championship with uh, Connacht title two years ago. Um, and there's so many Connor Cox one with Terry there's so many examples and our own lead men um, four of them in the, in the, from two years ago um, in the Ireland Junior Final have graduated the senior panel and more of these lads are going to do it because it's just great grounding for them it's not mm-hmm. underage football it's great grounding for them and, and uh, I, I think they'll do well in the future and just finally Davey a word for me football in general it seems to be on the up kind of bolstered by the senior squad getting to the Super 8s and all that yeah. but the likes of the performances like this with the yeah. with the me juniors is surely only going to stand to us going forward has to, has to, has to stand to lads playing at a high level you know um, lads that might be playing Division 3 or 4 of the league in Meath there's a big jump up here yeah. and a big arena and playing on the best pitches and against uh, quality opposition should they're going to you can only improve your standards that's why getting to Division 1 next year for the seniors and into the Super 8 is so important you can't improve playing against your own standard or lower you can only improve by playing at a higher standard and there's no doubt Meath in general is definitely the, the, the tide is definitely rising Davy, just thanks a million for everything. Your positivity is infectious, as always. The players can't speak highly enough of you. Um, and, and thanks for the job you're after doing. Very welcome, David. A pleasure. So that was Davy Nelson, the junior manager for Mead. And just as Davy kind of finished off in his interview, uh, really is an intoxicously nice fella. And it's something maybe when you, you got talking to him, Davy, you kind of, he mentioned a few times again, Lifeline, 
maybe that the game for every good thing me did they maybe matched it with an error or matched it with just kind of as he said exuberance maybe over exuberance so any thoughts on that or? Yeah, 100%. Like, I thought we played, and, and Danny Quinn did mention in his interview too, we played most of the football. We played the quality football. We scored the great scores. We scored the great goals. But yes, you know, our errors or sloppiness or whatever you want to call it brought Galway back into the game in a game which, you know, we pretty much should have been out of sight and we nearly were out of sight, I think, nine points at one stage. But, you know, these goals kind of interrupted our rhythm and kind of just gave Galway that lifeline which you mentioned and it just proved to be our downfall like Kieran Slavin came up from cornerback to kick a score four or five minutes into injury time to go three up when a cornerback is doing that you're saying right that's it they take the kick out and, and work a great move in fairness to them not a mistake worked it well possibly our lads a little bit of naivety might have fouled them you know further out the field had it done that maybe we would survive but even so it's a sucker punch you're going into extra time having conceded that Galway have all the impetus behind them and they did kick on. They were probably always likely to kick on after that. And our lads, who never wilted even in extra time, hmm. just found it just a little bit too much in the end, which was disappointing. Yeah, and Brian, just on the score, and then like you see the scorers here, like we can really could spend twenty minutes and the scores <laughs> out, but uh, definitely the top uh, three have to be mentioned: Kevin Ross with two six, Coogan with six points, and Shawnee Riley with one one, and even Scully one one, and Danny Quinn with three. Like the score wasn't a problem. And the the other thing that I thought Dave you mentioned was interesting: the step up to senior. So it's like, who did you think would make the step up or who were you impressed with on the day in the forwards? Yeah, like I suppose there's a couple of lads stand out straight away. You have Scully who, Jason Scully from Oldcastle, Danny Quinn from Ballinabracky and Sean Riley from Mylock are already in on the senior panel. And I think each of them the other day were outstanding and they probably showed that they have been training at a higher level mm-hmm. for most of the year. Like Sean Riley and Jason Scully have come through on the same minor team together and played under 21 and under 20 together and like there are players who have been marked out for quite a while as really bright talents great futures ahead of them and it'd be no shock to see any of those three lads potentially make a 26 for the closing two games of the Super 8s and maybe not Ireland semi-final if we make it that far hopefully we will because like they're Danny's a bit older than the other two but they're players you want to be coming you want to have coming through they bring youthful exuberance to a setup. They bring pace, talent. They've come through the juvenile talent academy in Dungani. They've had their strength and condition, and they're they're well able to take the hits. Like in the Leinster final a couple of times, Kildare tried to stop Jason Scully in his tracks. The fellow who came to st- to stop him ended up falling on his backside because Jason just squared up the shoulder and your man went backwards. That doesn't generally happen, but it just shows the work that he's putting in. <coughs> And like I know after the game he's adamant I'm not taking any photographs with my jersey on. I want to show my frame off here. <laughs> I ha- I've been working on it. I haven't. And if I haven't, I'm going to flaunt it. And like they they've been putting the work in, and they're players that are going to come through. If they don't come through in the next few weeks, they're going to be playing a Bourne Cup National League next year. And they're players that Mead will build their future around because they're huge talents, and they're just they're lovely fellas as well. Like you. Sometimes a fella comes through and yeah, you'd hope he makes it, but these are lads you really want them to make it because they're so good, they're so nice, and they just have everything. And you're just hoping that they will take that final step. Absolutely, and just you talk about nice fellas, and some of them contributed all year for that junior team. Uh, Danny Quinn scored three points. We're just going up now, 59 minutes of the podcast, and we're going to hear from Danny Quinn. 
Now joined by Danny Quinn, uh, meet junior midfielder. Danny, um, disappointing result in the end, an incredible game of football, but gutting and heartbreaking to come out of a game like that with a defeat. Yeah, it's it's certainly hard to take. Um, we had the game won, yeah. you know, last kick of the game, goal. Um, I suppose when you can see seven goals, you can't really expect to win the game, but um, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's been a great journey up to this. I mean, you know, for the, the likes of yourself, there's a few years coming in from the senior panel and kind of adding to what's there and all, already, you know, a Leinster Championship under your belts and coming in today today as underdogs, but really putting up to Galway and as you said, probably should have won the game in normal time. Yeah, I thought we would be far a better team. Mm. We played more football. Again, looks six, seven high balls in the square causes, yeah. causes massive trouble. But um, yeah, look, this was uh, back to seniors now and hopefully the boys do the job tomorrow. And, Try put my name forward for for Kerry and Mayo and see what happens. That's it, Danny. What's what's the experience for yourself been like? I know you've obviously been in with the seniors from very early on, and then kind of coming into the juniors and, and really relishing it and playing a leading role in this. It must have been great to kind of get to play football for me and, and to still be kind of in the mix for the senior panel. Yeah, it's it's great. You know, you're getting great experience in there with the boys. You know, you're training with some of the best footballers in Mead, and uh, when you bring that here, then I suppose you kind of have a step above your junior level, which is great and. See, Sean Riley, Scully today was brilliant. Robin Clark was brilliant, and you can see they were training with seniors, and it's paying off. Mm. And what about this group, Danny? As in the juniors, you know, there's there's a lot of lads there who probably haven't tasted senior football, and with me, like like yourself, yourself or Scully or Sean Riley have. There's certainly lads out there that can make yeah. the step up, isn't there? Definitely, a couple of fine footballers out there. Um, Spud Rossi was in there a few years ago. Yeah, uh, great footballer. Owen Meaton had a good game today. Uh, Darrell Rose, new back from injury. Well, he's he was a huge loss, even against Clare. But um, a couple of fine, fine footballs, Morgan Cannon, I was brilliant centre back. And there definitely is lads that put their name forward for next year and go on to senior, on senior panel. And, and finally, just for yourself, then it's it's back to back to the senior panel, probably Tuesday night, and put your head down and try and get in for the Mayo game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose it's a short run around to have been in with the seniors in the last two or three weeks. So a lot of, lot of hard work to do, but they never know. Good session on Wednesday, good session on Friday. Yeah. My fucking way back in. You didn't do yourself any harm today, anyway, Danny, yeah. with three points. Yeah, I know, but uh, lost, that's, that's, that's the main thing, but unfortunately, but yeah, look, that was my third Leinster final this year, my first win, so yeah. I suppose it's not all that bad. It's nice to get the medal. Danny, thanks yeah, a minute for taking the time out and speaking with us. Cheers. Thank you. So that was Danny Quinn, Balnebracchi, who represented Mead proudly at the weekend. Martin, you have a comment on it? Yeah, just there's one lad there that he just always sticks out for me, you know. Uh, every time he goes out onto the field he really is a great little footballer and that's Kevin Ross yeah, the castle man so he puts us everything mm. into the playing and he's, he's you know like the rest of them he's very very proud to play but you know if there was ever a lad I'd love to see a junior winning a junior all Ireland, it would be him because yeah. he gives everything to the county there was, you know? he really there was is one fine footballer. moment in the match where he caught the ball above his head mm. but like he had leaped so high but it just stuck to him like, really, like you mm. know a lad he's, mm. he's playing club football Castletown like a lot of the league games they play they're not easy and there's lads hitting you hard he, he held on to it but definitely Kevin Ross has been great and like if you just when you look at the stats and you think about the game there was 39 shots taken by the mid team we scored 27 which is 69% that's a fair return I think one of the most impressive figures we had 8 dead balls we scored 7 which 87 and that's the kind of form that we need to be bringing through with Coogan Kevin Ross kicking them they're brilliant like and but one you, that, you're probably missing Stephen Coogan probably would have been your third choice free taker yeah. You had Frank Riley was your free taker. Rory O'Quillan, if he was there, would have been another option. Had they been there, Stephen Coogan probably wouldn't have started. So it just shows when you get your opportunity, he really took it. 
Yeah, well, he, and Kugler yeah, no misses. He yeah. don't miss. Yeah, like he's he's a fantastic uh, striker of the ball from 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 dead balls, and he's done it. You know, for the Mead minors, Mead twenty ones, I suppose at the time, uh, Mead juniors, he's been knocking around for the last couple of years, and it probably was frustrating for Kugler that, you know, he struggled to to get into the team. He's been a bit par player, but you know, he's he got his opportunity through unavailability of other lads, and took it with both hands because he's a class act, fantastic footballer, and. You know, it was great to see him shining on the big stage. Yeah, and there was another very impressive one. The other senior panellist was uh, Robin Clark in Delique Bellison. Like, he didn't do anything that's going to really show up too on the score sheet of the stat sheet, but not always. That doesn't mean he didn't have a good game. He was excellent from box to box, really held the shape, won the ball in the middle of the field. He passed it off the shoulder at the right time. He kicked it when it needed to be kicked. He tackled hard. He was ferocious in the tackle, like anyone that's played against him in club football. I even want to play against him in junior C. At one stage, I don't say he was a bit out of favour with the thing and he was playing junior C football. And Christ, he was at some level. He was he was at We I think we had fifteen lads back in one stage. But uh, Robin really played well. But yeah, if you just concluding uh, remarks, I give it to you, Brian. Just final word on the game. Yeah, I suppose because um, you, you were live on Instagram, you were getting very excited. You were like the, like a young Buff Egan yeah. starting out his career, and it was wonderful commentary. Yeah. You'd say it was a, a thrilling game. It was depressing at the end when you come out the wrong side of it. But I was talking to a supporter from Roscommon afterwards, and he said. Just his he regretted coming in with ten minutes to go. He said, "Why, if he knew it was going to be the game that it turned out to be, he'd have had the family in earlier." Because he said the his two sons were with him, and he said they go to all the games. Mm. But he said a lot of what they see is defensive football, and the kids don't necessarily enjoy it that much. But he said they would have really enjoyed the game of football that was there. He it had everything. It just it reminded me of a game that you would have played back in your school days at lunchtime. There was no such thing as right. The bell's about the bell's about to go. We'll, we'll set up shop and we'll yeah. hold them out and we won't let the opposition score. Next score wins. Morning, next score wins. It just had everything. It was just it was thrilling yeah. in it. Yeah. Like I did commentary on Instagram for what five minutes. I think I lost my voice nearly at one stage because no, you didn't lose your voice. <laughs> I thought your voice was going to break because <laughs> like it was just you never knew what was going to happen next, and like it just it was just enthralling and you know, I know. When they look back and video, they'll look and they'll say, God, what happened here and what happened there? But then you look and you see a Jason Scully breaking the tackle, offloads, he gets it back, mm. buries in the net. Some of Danny Quinn's shots from play, outstanding. Ross, yeah. Kevin Ross, like that catch alone from Kevin Ross on the edge of the square. Like, if I was six foot four, would have struggled to win mm. it. Kevin Ross just left it from. We were open, I open mouth in the press box. I think Larry, Ma- Larry McIntyre. Larry McIntyre nearly dropped the camera like it was that or good. Bad. Yeah. Well, I know. Like, I think he kicked. I think he was trying to kick the tripod <laughs> and the camera afterwards. I think he was a very entertaining man to watch a game with. But I know it was just it was an outstanding game of football and look, it was an awful, it was an awful pit. Either had to be a loser, but what drama or could have been had that gone to penalties? Yeah, absolutely. If you could bottle that, definitely that would be the most entertaining product. Mm-hmm. You'd have you'd have eighty thousand people in Crow Park every day of the week to watch a game like that. But definitely, we conclude that the juniors very entertaining to watch all year, very enjoyable to support them and to be with them. But ultimately, hopefully, a lot of them has to step up to the next level. And if not, to come back and some of these guys will be playing junior again for me mm. next year, and we'll support them. And we'll just say if it, if it, if they score thirty seven points the next day, sure they make it thirty eight the next day. Yeah, never know. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, we have to move on to the the main event tonight, which of course is the Super Eights match. As David said two weeks ago, we are Super Eights. <laughs> Thankfully, and I think we proved the fact that we justifiably were Super Eight football. Uh, the scoreline might sound a bit heavy, but uh, it was a Donegal nine-point victory with two nineteen to one thirteen. But uh, Martin, we'll go to you first. 
Uh, scoreline might be a bit. Uh, it might be deceptive of basically how good the, the game was, and you were yeah. you were enthralled. You, all of us actually watched the game back. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you're at the match, you get caught up in it. You get caught up with people around you. You get caught up in your own emotions and all of those type of thing that's going on at a match. So I knew it was going to be on this tonight. So I watched the game uh, back. Uh, earlier today yes I did do my work just in case yeah. I was, this was at lunch time yeah, yeah. right but I, lunch. I, I, I watched it back it was one of the finest performances in yeah. in recent years um, you know if if it's look, look at if, if you go solely to a game and say the result is all that counts well then you know, you don't quite understand football. It's a new era. And then one of, person, you know, one team is successful yeah, and everyone else has yeah, done nothing. Yeah, and exactly. that's not fair. It's a new era. And I think the more games this particular team actually is playing, the better the team is actually getting. Mm. You know, for long periods in the game, you know, they had a huge amount of possession, great running off the ball up and down the field. And a very significant thing is they were a very young team. You know, one of the youngest teams in the country. We're eighteen year olds out there. We're twenty year olds. We're twenty one year olds. You know, this is this is very much part of the development squads. You know, we started off the year, every one of us, you know, all the supporters as well, if we could get to division one. What if we could get as a father ten moment? What if we could get this? Or yeah, yeah. what if we could get that? So yes, we we got to the the, the team got to division one. Right, they got to the Super Eights. They were up to Donegal, a vastly experienced team. You know, uh, Lance, who, they had some players on it who won All Irelands. You know, I know it's it's a relative new team than that, but uh, they put up they put up a big display and a lot of young lads. There were opportunities. We can't say there wasn't opportunities. You know, they created an awful lot of goal chances. You know, Mis- some mistakes were made. But if you look at the overall picture. You know, I think you know, leaving as you rightly said, the score, it didn't, uh, it didn't exactly, you know, do justice uh, to the performance put in by the team. And I think the overall, you know, what the what Andy McAdee and all those people are actually trying to achieve, you know, I I think I honestly believe they're going in the right direction. That's what I Progress, felt yeah. after what uh, things. So that's that's what Jester was about. Unfortunately, there's no time to be sitting on our laurels. We're straight away um, heading for Crow Park against arguably the most experienced team outside of Dublin to play in Crow Park because they're there every year in quarterfinals, semi-finals. But, you know, based on yesterday's performance, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, no, they can go out there and, you know, they can play their game and, you know. It was know. superly entertaining mm. and, like, it was hot, the atmosphere was brilliant, there was mascots out before, the, the piper was out and everyone was cheering. Yeah. And that, like, this, uh, we've talked about this before, like, Crow Park can sometimes be a bit of a graveyard and it's not really uh, much entertainment, but, like, Bally Buffet was the epitome of championship football and you kind of, like, you're getting the atmosphere going. And I think, yeah, and the yeah. amazing thing, you know, I know you were there because I've seen you on the pitch and all that, but from half eleven onwards people were queuing to get mm. into the ground yeah, yeah. It, you know it's so brilliant for uh, provincial towns to have all that colour the whole yeah, way up yeah, along yeah. from Stranola right into the into the town of Ballybuffet and you know you're really part of of something you were part of yeah. 15,000 people at and I need to meet people who weren't at they really did miss you know they missed out on, great, great out day, on something yeah. and a great day you know and uh, like I've seen the manager after the game out on the street and I've seen him shaking people's hands and all that and he knows what he's trying to achieve he, he won't his, we won't be defined by what happened in, no. in, in, in Ballet Buffet so look at 
the future's bright. Absolutely. Yeah, you said there was a lot of colour that weekend. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of red, white and mm-hmm. uh, blue flags up along the road, but at least there was a lot of green and yellow ones. You never know what Danny knows. Of, <laughs> a lot of I know what you're saying. Yeah, so it was a great weekend. That must be a club thought, up that direction, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I thought you went from Roscommon up. How did you well, see no, wait, well, this is, well, of course you were, yes. We, we said the, the B team stayed in Derry, which mm-hmm. was... It was a good old experience up there the night before, getting kind of focused in and all that, and it was good. But, Davey, just on yourself, any thoughts maybe on maybe some chances wasted? Maybe just say, for example, the Killian O'Sullivan mm. fist pass over the bar at the very start of the game. Yeah. At the time, it seems like a great idea, but if he buries the now a little bit there, you're setting up maybe the first half and the game. Yeah, he, he probably does. I, I'd be all in favour of getting an early score on the board, though. I think it's important, and I think he probably did take the right option at the time. Mm. I know if the game wore on a little bit and we were trailing but and we needed to go... And compared to Paddy McBurty, Barry yeah, well, well, look, that was that was a far more clear-cut yeah. chance, I think, that you know, and, mm. and the angle and everything, and he was properly one-on-one. Like, to be honest, we did have other chances. I mean, the square ball is obviously one. Shane Mack goes through and blasts over when he might have yeah. got a goal. Um, Brian McMahon had a great goal chance yeah. great save James Conlon had one yeah, came off the upright so you, straight away you're after talking about five or six goal yeah. chances that we've spurned along with Mickey Newman's great penalty yeah. so the chances were there and you know at, in, at times we, we did kick some bad wides uh, so did Donegal but it really just added to the spectacle which was a fantastic uh, game from start to finish the ebbed and flowed we showed unbelievable character to be fair mm. to come from five points down to actually go a point up to have the I won't say audacity but to go up to the home of the Ulster champions in such a fortress that is Bally Buffet and to really put them on the back foot and you know see the people like Martin said already around us in the stand yeah. genuinely you know fearing the worst for Donegal and look at we, we ran out of juice in the end and Donegal showed their class and, and they are unmistakably a class act uh, of a team but I think our lads can take so much from it as you mentioned the scoreline doesn't reflect the, no. uh, the overall effort or the overall pattern of the game and I think the lads will look at the bigger picture something similar to maybe Cork on Saturday night against Dublin give them an incredible game lost by 13 points not not a true reflection of the game no. and I think we'll take an awful lot into it this weekend against Mayo no, it's just certain moments kind of change the flow of a game and it's is it a free here is it a free there and mm. different things where you had a chance to score you'd miss your chance and all of a sudden Donegal will have three points on you when you should have had one so it's only yeah. like a four point turnaround and Brian just on that kind of thing did you think there was any major incidents or kind of decisions maybe second half maybe that kind of went against us or not Not what I mean like decisions that we maybe misjudged as players like picked the wrong option or just had misfortunate events or yeah look at we can all look back and say there was a missed chance here, missed chance mm. there. It's very easy when you're standing on the sideline and you say, why didn't the fella do this, why didn't the fella do that? You're under severe pressure when you're playing a team like Donegal. In my opinion, they're the team who are going to stop Dublin from doing the five in a row this year. I've said that all year. I'm not going to change my mind now. When you see but them I can there... Know if you say it, the other way I let it in, don't probably... When you see them there, yes. <laughs> you're very good at yeah. that. <laughs> like the... <laughs> They have a huge depth in their panel. Like they brought on a fellow who wasn't named to start there. Yes, there was Oran McFadden Ferry from Guido. He was outstanding for Guido in the Ulster Championship last mm-hmm. year. A real man marker. He plays on the edge, but every man marker plays on the edge. Like he was proud there yesterday to do the job on Killian O'Sullivan. Killian O'Sullivan knew he was there at all times because he was just literally on his toes at all stages. A class man marker. He's the type of fella every team would love to have, and but they hate to be playing against him, because you know you'll get nothing off him. And yet Killian played really well. It was a t- it was a fantastic battle between the two of them. Like they each had their moments. Killian scored two points, probably had his best game of the year so far. 
which is a great sign because you have two huge games coming up and there's one of your marquee players coming into form. That's the type of thing you want. Like, I thought maybe one key moment, they had a kicker, which I remember being in Crow Park in 2014 and Paul Durkin would just launch it as far as he could kick it. Neil Gallagher go up, flick it on to Ryan McHugh. Ryan McHugh would go on and lay it off to somebody and it was a goal. Hmm. Very similar happened the other day at a crucial moment of the second half. Sean Patton, whose kickouts are brilliant. They've been, nice. they've been pinpointed all year on the Sunday game by various analysts as the key thing in Donegal's game. Former Sligo Rovers goal, you think it is, the Declan Bonner went to start last year, got him back playing Gaelic football. He had his iffy moments in his first year on the panel, but he's really kicked on and he's probably the outstanding keeper in Ireland at the minute. Dublin fans wouldn't like to hear mm. you say that. But Cluxton, I suppose, has been there so long. We all know what he brings to the table. There's an element of freshness to Sean Patton. Donegal had a weakness in goals for a year or two. He's come in, he's sorted that. He's a great shot stopper. His kickouts are fantastic. And he let one fly at one stage. Michael Murphy went up, flicked it on. Who was there? Only Ryan McHugh. We've seen it before. We've seen it time and time again. Straight through, laid it off to Jamie Brennan, who should have buried it. But because Andy Colgan has been in such fine form all year with shot stopping, he took the option of blazing it high. And if it went in, great. If he got his point, great. And he got his point. A bit similar maybe to Shane McIntyre later on. People say Shane should have scored the goal. We had six goal chances maybe yesterday that we got nothing off. At least we got the point off Shane's. I'd always rather get something than get nothing. Shane got the point. It was a vital score at the time for us. We just didn't manage to kick on after it. But there, moments like that, you have to get something from them. And Donegal got that point and they kicked on. Shane got his point and unfortunately we just didn't kick on. And that was key. Like I was down on the sideline for the game yesterday normally I'm in the dugout or the stand with Kieran, and the linesman turned around to me one stage and he said I haven't enjoyed a game of football all year like I'm enjoying this one both teams are giving it everything there's not a dirty blow to be seen and there's great fo- there's fantastic football he said and you are surprising a lot of people here today and the people are saying maybe yesterday oh, there wasn't much coverage of the mid game on the Sunday game great in some ways great we're playing Mayo on Sunday all the talk in the media this week is going to be about Mayo this, Mayo that. We're, again, we're coming in under the radar. Very similar to, to 2009. I was at the Connacht final that year. Connor Mortimer scores a goal. Shows off the Michael Jackson thing in the t-shirt. Coming into the All-Ireland quarterfinal that year. It was all about Mayo this, Mayo that. Uh, I think Mead won that game 2-15-1-15. Jamie Queenie came off the bench, kicked a few great scores. Joe Sheridan drop-kicked it from nearly his own end line. From Sanchison. Yeah. From, from, from the church there in Bullpark. <laughs> like, he drop-kicked it 60-70 yards straight down into the full forward line we I think David Bray got the goal off it. No we got yeah Brian Farrell. Brian oh it was it tipped out to Brian Farrell yeah. Like it's I have a feeling me are gonna come out on Sunday and I'm not saying it's gonna be two fifteen to one fifteen, but I think me are gonna beat Mayo. We yeah. showed so much on Sunday and Andy referenced after the game to a few different people that potentially and maybe it was Colin Alley, your third, your second game after taking so much of an effort to beat Claire maybe took it out of you. Yeah, this is going to be game three and three Sundays. Mayo would have, this will be, I think, their fourth week out in the spin, on the spin. They had Armagh, they had Galway, they had Kerry, and like, they were poor against Kerry. So, and now they've made a Mead team who are coming in hungry. A Mead team who they don't know much about, whereas Mead know a lot about Mayo because Mayo have been on the road for so long. Division 1, 
final stages of the All Ireland series. Like we've a, an awful lot to see of Mayo. Mayo don't have a huge amount to see of us. I think we're going to surprise Mayo on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see. Will it surprise? But just kind of one thing I've referenced a few times in the podcast is maybe substitutions, right? So the substitutions impact in the game, and it's something that actually Colin Nally referenced in your interview, Davy. So yeah, we'll we'll have a listen. Colin, disappointed in um, result in the end. Fantastic performance by the meat team, but uh, nine points probably not reflective of the overall effort. No, it's, it's not, right? It's very disheartened. Like, um, as I mentioned earlier, and the same with the Dublin result, doesn't merit mer- performance. But that performance is excellent there. Like, and if a three quarter or, or, or more, mm. we, were, we were more than a match for the Ulster Champions in their own backyard. So, um, loads of positives taken out of it. Um, they, they emptied our bench and, and all our bench. Made, made the spikes of intensity, they, they made a the difference when they come in and maybe our bench didn't make the same impact, so it's an area we'd have to look at. Is, is tired legs a factor? I know there was a, an extremely tough game against Clare last weekend and Donegal have been resting up, so to speak, since mm-hmm. the Ulster final. Do you feel last 15 minutes that might have been a factor? Yeah, it possibly is. Like, and this is new territory to ourselves, but um, like we, we, we've been going, going relatively easy in training now because we, we kind of expected this. But um, like uh, the point we made before was like the likes of Tony Gall and, and Tyrone's not there training for um, for the Super Eights where we were trying to get into the Super Eights so I mean, we'd probably come over our peak slightly you know what I mean and yeah. where they're kind of just reaching the peak but um, in saying that like I mean, I'm not saying Donegal are a one-man team, but the closest team I've ever seen to a one-man team. Michael Murphy was catching scores, then he was in the middle catching the balls, and then at the end he was clearing the ball off the line. You know, so I mean, if you put him on our team, I think you'd see a different result. Mm. I suppose the strength of character has to be applauded mm. too, Colin. Um, you know, five points down at one stage, it would have been very easy, as you said, yeah. home of the Ulster champions to just lie down and take a bit of a beat and came back and actually went a point up. You well, must be pleased with that element. I'm very pleased, but it's something that we talked about and we've addressed, like. Uh, you know, you've so much to get out of these super eights if you remain positive and if you if you um, if you prepare properly for it, and if you kind of say to yourself, listen, we have to get A, B, and C out of this. You know, and, and every day you're, you're getting new players in, Shane Walsh and James Conlon, they're learning more. You know, it's still a relatively young team, and um, to get this sort of exposure, that's what we're looking at. So, um, you know, so you have to kind of try to keep 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 the performance element focused, and that's what we're doing all the time, focusing. They probably snatch a few shots in the end. We would have liked them to kick the scoreboard, taking over a bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's an area that we probably we, we went for a few goals when we probably should have been just keeping the scoreboard taking over. But that's it's all new to us. Yeah. Well, and I suppose next weekend, you know, it's, it's Mayo and Crow Park, and that's represents probably a chance to to mm-hmm. redeem ourselves or to you know to get a result there and, and get yeah. back into the frame in the Super Eights. Well, what we, what we really need to be doing is we need to be consistent in our performance against these teams, and if we can get a consistent performance against these teams, you know, you have, you have lots of learning, and the lads are picking up so much for it. So that's the next first thing is we get home, we regroup, we recover. And, and we start focusing on what we did well here today and we focus on Mayo and we take it from there Colin thanks for your time no worries cheers so you heard from uh, Colin Lines or oh. Colin Lines he was the <laughs> different fella together Colin <laughs> Nally I was thinking of uh, the referee a different fella I know but uh, one twen- uh, Colin Nally uh, he's obviously he's very passionate <coughs> GM and he, he talks very um, to the point his background definitely is kind of games development and coaching so everything he kind of talks about is very much kind of based on gameplay and actually that kind of thing so it's interesting to see what he thought about kind of subs and different things about peaking at different times and ultimately he talked about the one man team he, he, he kind of said that Donegal aren't a one man team but then he just said to himself actually they kind of were so I was getting, it was an interesting point but uh, Martin what did you think maybe the impact Michael Murphy had from start to finish well I, I wouldn't in any way subscribe to Donegal being a one man team they're some excellent footballers mm. excellent footballers uh, McGee at fullback is one of the toughest man pound for pound playing Gaelic football mm. in Ireland right 
uh, as you said, their goalkeeper exceptional, right? So we've two already. We're yeah. in the full back line, and um, you can keep coming out the field. McHugh, yeah, McHugh's performance, slow start, didn't really get into it. Mm. You know, it wasn't if me worth watching him. They were. No. You know, they know his talent and they were watching him but he was very strong very quick his normal game getting the ball into attack all the time you know he, he reminds me of former Dublin great Paul Curran this constant attack you know and, and uh, you know you know that's that's what they did so Michael Murphy of course we all know Michael Murphy you know but he's vast amount of experience it's a home home venue for him front of his own crowd you know he's an icon even, uh, even sponsored the mascot yeah, exactly, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's an icon for the game but, but despite all of that his work rate was phenomenal mm. up and down the field you know and he another man who lives on the edge there was you know he did make a, a tackle uh, that you know some would say well you know round the yeah, neck throwing yeah. that in the ground you know was that on the edge was it not you know but all good players do that that's what they're out there for it's a man's game you know and they, you know they, they got stuck in but no I don't subscribe to the, the to any theory no. <laughs> that, it, that it's a one man team but he's one man that you can't do without that's, absolutely you know that's that's what I always say when you know we, we use the word legends and all of that, that type of thing well, for, me, of course, for, no. for me a legend is <laughs> the first player you mentioned on, on any team the first player you put on your team sheet and of course Michael Murphy uh, would be the first player you, you would put on it but uh Overall, they were a very good team, but you know, I think in many ways, uh, they didn't really like the fact that Mead were running at them, we were running the pace. Mm. Killian O'Sullivan, you know, the, the amount of ball he had possession 23 or 24 times, you had the stats, you know. So, like, that's a great amount um, amount of ball, you know. We've seen uh, who he was, the lad that was on him, man marking him, but you know, I actually think man marking a player actually brings him out, it motivates him more. You know, this man is going to be holding on to me the whole way. I'm going to have to perform. Mm. You know, and I actually think, you know, for a long periods of the game, Killian still had a great game. Mm. Yeah. He looked like he scored one great point, you know, really yeah. a motivational point at one stage. We were a bad look. It didn't go over the bar, it just mm. failed. Then it hit off, you know, our corner forward had a chance of a goal. The angle was almost impossible. You know, these things are, well, are what. Definitely. Makes, you you mentioned the word stats, and so we always do a bit mm. on the stats. And I think mm. an interesting one here, we come to the scoring again. And Donegal scored 65% of their shots, 21 from 32, while we scored 53, which is 14 from 26. Uh, we had 12 from 23 from play, which is 52%. They had 17 from 28, which is 60%. Donegal actually scored all their dead balls, 4 from 400%, while we had 2 from 3. That includes a penalty, 66%. So. I think the the standard of the shooting, Brian, for example, Patrick McBurty getting one six, the kind of and Andy one once or twice we get frustrated that we kept getting caught on this kind of that they had to do with they would loop around off the shoulder, bang. Murphy McBurty scored some great scores and it's, it's worth nothing. Ah, yeah, like McBurty is what twenty six odd, and yesterday was his hundred game for Donegal. Like for a fellow of that age, of that experience, he came onto the senior team as a seventeen year old, and was very impressive. I remember in 2011 he was taken off in the quarter final against Kildare early on which looking at it in the telly and from talking to Donegal people who were at the game they felt it was a harsh decision because he was getting on a lot of ball and he has just developed and developed and developed he missed last year after doing his cruciate ligament and he was the difference probably in Donegal not getting out of our Super 8 group he's back this year he slowly during the Ulster Championship was just getting better and better with each game one six yesterday. I thought his right foot was just for standing on, but there was one ball came back out to him yesterday. It was miscontrolled. He picked it up. 
and he just popped it over from about 30, 35 yards out with his right foot, which I didn't think he could do. And it just shows, I would have always said, if you can turn McBriarty onto his right foot, you have him. But he's developed now, and he can kick points off both feet. He's just a class act. Like, 1-6 yesterday. That is outstanding shooting. And he's a free taker who's so reliable. He's just he's one of the best forwards in the country, and has been for quite a while. Realistically, and McBriarty, getting that 100th appearance, all the crowd... They really did show their appreciation for him, and he really is an excellent player. With such a young, he's only in his mid twenties, isn't he? Twenty five, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. And he's he really just shown that to be like an excellent player. But just gonna come I'll come to you, Debbie, on the scoreline. Obviously, the frustrating part would be at times in the first half we actually kept Donegal scoreless for actually relatively long periods for a team at them about eight minutes. I think on two occasions, pretty much eight minutes, so sixty minutes of the game, mm. first half they didn't score. But I think the most frustrating for us is we got our last score approximately about the twenty fourth minute. So the last 10 minutes, we had our 16 score, and that was our final score. While they actually, they had 17 scores at the same time as we had 16, but they went and got 25 scores. And yeah. you got last 10 minutes and conditioning maybe, and finishing strong is kind of maybe the, the issue for me. Yeah, I think I think so. And um, look, they, they have that streak that they can actually score throughout the game, yeah. and they don't have kind of purple patches. They mm. generally score throughout the 70 minutes or 70 plus minutes but it was something that Colin mentioned in the interview was that possibly the Clare game had a little bit of a, an influence on us as the game kind of wore mm. on we seemed to tire uh, quite significantly in the last 15 minutes and Donegal had you know obviously as you mentioned conditioning as it would be first class but they've had a little bit of a break since the Cavan game so that probably stood them and uh, that was ultimately our downfall we did have chances though when Campo did score or when we did go ahead to mm. kind of kick on and we had a few bad wides at that stage but you always know Donegal are going to finish strongly and um, for us it's a little bit disappointing that we did I think we only we were scored 1-8 to a point in the last quarter of an hour which is disappointing and it'll be something that we need to be looking at um, going forward to this weekend and we have to you know it's, it's a little bit like Cork to the night as I said before you're going to have to play for the 70 plus minutes you can't just play yeah. for 50 55 minutes it's not going to work especially against the quality opposition yeah. the fine margins against the likes of your Donegal's Dublin's are, they'll punish it like Conor McGill gets gets a little bit under the ball could have been a free you know I, I think Derby-esque wasn't it the... it's cute corner forward play and generally you get away with that kind of thing little nudge McGill was honest went for the ball McBriarty gets in still no gimme you know it wasn't an easy finish he made it look easy that's what yeah. the likes of you know Martin's already said that they're not a one man team clearly not because McBriarty is every bit as good as Murphy mm. in that sense he's a fantastic player and as you said only 25 years of age these type of lads will punish you at that level yeah. and and that's where our lads will learn you know we have to be mm. playing these kind of teams on the weekly weekly basis which we're going to be and uh, I think it's only going to stand to us in the long run. Absolutely, and just kind of as we finish the podcast, we've an hour and a half done. We're just going to kind of go through some of the players. We're going to kind of we want to kind of nominate kind of um, we're going to say maybe the best back, best midfielder, best forward, maybe and pick our player of the match. And maybe it's kind of not necessarily just the man of the match, uh, but kind of just general play maybe. So kind of some of the nominees uh, for the backs. I suppose we can't ever not nominate Donald Kyogen as being one of our better players. Maybe Keoghan, Lavin and McCoy maybe as three of our best backs. Maybe Just maybe Martin, if you just maybe kind of one or two lines on the players to see which one do you think was your best back on the day? Yeah, it's very hard to say, you know. Uh, our half-back line were trying to move forward fairly quickly yeah. if Harnan and things. 
you know mm. we, sometimes we had to follow the backs had to follow their players out the field yeah. and things like that I talked uh, Lavin he's a very good man Mac you know mm. uh, hence he hasn't missed any of game time playing for me this year um, don't look yogurt but what can we say the man will put his head in anywhere and will try anything for his team brilliant footballer Harnan is a good addition to it you know but if you were to ask me uh, who would I pick out of the the back, the, yeah. the, the, the back line I'd say I'd have to say Donald I'd have to I'll just be right. honest that's fair about then David just say one line or so on your best back you yeah I, I, I'd go with Gavin McCoy to be honest with you I thought he was uh, he was superb I, like Kieran Thompson absolutely roasted us in the league game up in Bally Buffet didn't get a kick um, against Gavin McCoy on, on Sunday I thought he was superb he's been consistently good since getting into the team uh, forcing his way back into the team and he's not going to be put out of the team now yeah. when he's playing um, but as Martin said look what you can Donald Kogan doesn't have a bad game Shavin Mislavin excellent yeah. um, and Paura Carnan I thought you know task with Mark and Murphy I thought he did his utmost but yeah. as you said Murphy's Murphy's influence but for me Gavin McCoy was, was the right. and Brian what would you say the best back of the day for me it's not often I agree with Davey he's normally wrong but in, <laughs> in this instance I'm going to agree with him and say Gavin McCoy I thought he's he lost his place for the Leinster final whether possibly had a knock for whatever reason he wasn't on the 15 that day he came back in against Clare and was very good but he went up a couple of levels in my opinion on Sunday he was outstanding his athleticism was ideal for the team you were playing his great pace and power and his composure he generally does the right thing on the ball he keeps it simple and he, he doesn't try anything too extravagant yeah. he knows mm. what he's good at and he's he's very good at doing what he's good at very strong in the tackle too yeah. isn't he like obviously with naturally strong but you know he really is he tackles hard and he kind of can push lads away from goals and as he well. was unlucky yeah. probably he was in the square for the goal mm. but he he was unlucky he got into a good position it worked out from below in Parky ring against Cork when he scored the goal just didn't work out for him on Sunday but it shows he has that ambition yeah. ambition yeah. and that game intelligence to make the right run at the right time to get into the right place and I've no doubt he'll get into that place again down the line and he will get that goal Absolutely. So then we just kind of go midfielders and forwards together. The only change from the last team was uh, James McAdee started for Thomas McGovern. So it's the same uh, same lads from the last day. But maybe we'll start with you, Brian, this time. Who did you think your best kind of three backs or then in, in turn the best forwards are your best forward of the day? Yeah, I don't know what it, what it is about him, but when he sees that Donegal jersey, he generally ups his game by a few percent. I remember above in Bally in 2014, he was fresh enough on the scene and he was brilliant Brian McMahon league final this year he was outstanding until he went off injured above in Bally Buffet he came in having not started a Tipperary match in round 2 of the league and he was excellent and again on Sunday he was superb he scored 3 points but it's not just a couple of points that he scored his work rate in the half forward line his intelligence on the ball he just does the right thing and he's a thorn in the Donegal side. They haven't found a way of getting to grips with Brian McMahon yet. And to me, he was outstanding yesterday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Mark, we're just told up yourself. Who did you think was the best forward or advanced player we yeah, had? It's funny, you know, again, as I said earlier, when you're at the game, you are not, you don't see it really the way you should see it, mm. you know. Um, depends on your view and all of those type of things. And looking at the game then today on the TV, you know, I didn't realise the contribution the huge contribution Brian McMahon made and uh, Brian is correct in saying that he actually had a fantastic game but the X Factor we it's very hard to get away from Killian O'Sullivan you know sometimes 
you know, he really has something about him. You know, he started off very well. Some would say he should have got a goal. I'd be happy to get a point. First touch of the ball, get get a score, get the scoreboard taken. Great start. You know, he was man-marked by one of the finest up-and-coming defenders in the game. You know, he had a lot of possession of the ball. He kept running them. He kept running them. You know, if there was any criticism, I think sometimes when he gets himself into a little bit more space, if he took the shot himself, you know, at the goal... You know, I know he worked very hard at kicking the ball and all that. You know, I've, I have seen him in Dungani and all of that. But in terms of, you know, Brian McMahon had a fantastic game. I think James uh, McInerney worked very, very hard for the team as well. You know, uh, you know, for the first 20 minutes, our full forward line might have even been in a control of, mm-hmm. of a very strong um, Donegal full-back line. You know, but when you when you add up the whole thing... I still, I still think that you know, it's not our best forward. You know, we're not talking about who's our best forward or who's yeah. our best defender. But you know, I just think that probably the biggest impact you know, of the day. The, the, I think mm. Killian sort of had a big impact in a lot of decisions. Even what Donegal made, they were, you know, they kept a very close eye on him. As you mm. see, the crowd, you know, roared and shouted every time he got the ball. Yeah. They booed him, and then, like when the opposition's booing you, you know, you're doing something right. Yeah. So, in terms of the X factor, Killian was mm. Absolutely. So, David, yourself, kind of your kind of most impacted or whatever forward player. Yeah, well, I shared the opinion of the two lads. I thought I find it hard to split uh, Brian McMahon and Killian O'Sullivan. I thought from the start, Killian O'Sullivan set the tone. First driving run, cut inside, got the fisted score. Really strong ambition to run at the heart mm. of the Donegal defence, and it's something that we probably didn't uh, associate with Donegal that they can be opened up, and when teams do run at them, that they yeah. can get joy in. Killian O'Sullivan, time and time again, whether he was on the sideline, whether he was through the middle, whether he was carrying the ball from defence to attack, he was the one for us that you know really did carry the ball hard and strong. He came off and he nearly couldn't walk. Like he was, yeah. he literally put every ounce into it. Brian McMahon the same. I mean, something that he hasn't done all year was kind of kick scores, and he kicked three fabulous points. One, you know, under the stand, outside the right boot towards the end of the first half key score just to keep keep us kind of in it at that stage um, really impressive James McEntee again he hasn't been the same player that we've seen earlier on in the league purely because of the injury setbacks he's endured I thought you know Sunday he was outstanding he, he really was a force going forward but also tracking back and you know Donegal's runners are so strong coming from the defence of the attack and, and James was a key asset in intercepting a lot of that but also kind of driving at them going the other Absolutely, way so yeah. I, I find it hard to split the three lads I think probably Killian and Brian were the two outstanding forwards we had in the day but James McAtee was, was very good as well Absolutely. I, I suppose so. probably James Killian and Brian probably played as out and out mm. attackers yeah. James acted yeah, yeah, as yeah, a yeah. link yeah. as well as that mm. and probably that's not as eye catching a role in many yeah. aspects and that's Absolutely. like it's a real, it's a key role, but it just doesn't catch the eye to the, set, to the yeah, same and extent. Yeah, to, to you know where Ethan Devine started at number ten, mm. he played between the two forties. Yeah. you know, so mm. his role was slightly different. So you know, it's gonna, it's yeah, he, yeah, he mm. seemed to pick up Murphy mm. when Murphy drifted out. Mm. Yeah, you know a lot, and, and yeah. that's what Martin said. When he did come out around midfield. Devine was the one that was kind of tasked with picking him up there. Yeah, because the kind of traditional positions, and I think that's kind of why we're not talking about them being cornerbacks and wingbacks and such. Kind of. You've assigned tasks and roles and responsibilities as opposed to being the number 10. The number 10 can be a lot of different things at different times. But and then the kind of last question, and if you've had two lines there, you only have one and a half or half a line now, is maybe the impactful subs. So the subs that played were Thomas O'Reilly, Derek Campion, Adam Flanagan, Sean Curran, Graham Riley, and Shane Walsh. 
So just in maybe just for uh, we'll go Brian first time. Just did any of the subs make an impact for you? Or what did you think of when they made? Yeah, came on? something I was really impressed with with Shane Walsh and he came on was the unglamorous side of the job which he did to great effect. There was twice in particular where he made 60, 70 yard runs flat out back to get a tackle in in defence. It's not something you automatically associate with a full forward or a corner forward, but he showed great hunger. And it's that kind of attitude that will see him develop and hopefully prosper as a mid footballer as time develops. Davy, any impact to the subs or any uh, the subs? Yeah, I, I like Campo. I think uh, I think he's a great he's a, he's a great player with serious in, invention and you know he has that unpredictable nature to his game. And I think he's box office to be honest with you. I think when he plays, he he does things that other players would only dream of or they might even they'd nearly be afraid to do. Yeah. Sometimes it works, other times it doesn't. But that's what makes him what he is. Kicked a great point. I think I was just delighted to see him because he hasn't got as much time as I would have thought he might have got for the championship mm. compared to what he did in the league. He was our best player against Donegal and Bally Buffet the, in the in the league out. The ice ball. Yeah, in the ice <laughs> ball. I think he kicked three or four points that night yeah. from play. And uh, he's a player with a huge future, I think. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, finish up with Mark with yeah. you and the subs. Any comment on the look, subs? And... Yeah, there's no doubt. Look, uh, have a go, Campo. That's, mm. yeah. that's <laughs> the way I always look. You know, catch the ball, he'll have a shot. And that's the way it is. But but to, lads, to think of senior football at this level that we brought in an 18-year-old, that says an awful lot yeah. for the Nafina lad. Mm. You know, impact subs. Parish, yeah, the, the well, he certainly yeah. he is from my parish, but, but he's yeah. outside of all of that. You know, they're two lads. Yeah. You know, you'd be fairly proud to have those on the bench, and there's great sure. futures for and both of those. They look you know? the size, and mm. you see him inside and up close, like he looks a man already, and hopefully the boys can develop. So that's kind of finished with the senior footballs. So we're on the last agenda, which is AOB. Any other business? Anyone like to chirp in? Or, yeah, well, like probably or just out? two <laughs> things there. Just first of all, a quick update from the Brendan Davis Cup. I know the Harlan lads are really in, be interested in this one. Good stuff. Uh, Dunbine have a narrow one point lead at half time over Kiltail it's Kiltail 1-5 Dunbine 9 points um, just then when Shane Gallagher was um, requested by the referee yesterday to vacate the playing surface <laughs> ordered off I think is the word they use isn't it <laughs> <laughs> you don't you have a like, choice <laughs> he really got a really hot reception from the yeah. Donegal supporters as he did made of Kerry and Navin in a couple of weeks Dun. Bally Buffet, yes, there was a bear pit. The atmosphere was intense. Meet of an opportunity, meet supporters in two weeks' time, two and a half, three weeks' time, to replicate that in Park Tolchin against Kerry. You have Kerry coming to town, the, the glamour boys at the GEA, your Clifford's, your O'Shea's, make it a bear pit. Give the meet team that day your backing 100%, whether it's to qualify for the semi final, which hopefully it will be whether it's just to put in a huge performance. As Donny Caboyle tweet from Off The Ball tweeted yesterday, or sorry, not Donny Caboyle, Tommy Rooney. Tommy Rooney from Meathead, yeah. Um, club mates, different media outlets. Mead are going to, in the next eight months, he said it before the game, play more Division One teams than they have in the last eight years. It's huge for this, this team's development. Yesterday will have been huge for the Leinster final would have been huge for it, even though people say we only scored four points. But look at the positives. Look at the defensive display we had that day. We have a chance now against Kerry when Kerry comes to town in a few weeks to really get behind the team. Loud, vocal, get the crowd in early. Like Donegal, as Martin said, they're queuing for half an hour before the gates open yesterday to get in. We have the chance to do that against Kerry. Make Navin a fortress. 
get the crowd in, get behind the team, be the 16th man. Absolutely. Anything for the two lads? Anything the AOB? Follow that. Follow that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry. Mark, no problem. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let the guests finish, no, so I'll, I'll go and let him. I believe there's a movement on in Meat Football. I really do. And, yeah. you know, I, I would, would like, and, you know, we're always, every one of us here, all four of us, week in, week out, even day in, day out, we're asking us to get in behind the team. You know, mm. we've all posts on, on, on social media or, or whatever media that, that we use. You know, but we genuinely believe that. You know, these lads are training since last October, five nights a week. They've had to make sacrifices unbelievable to wear the jersey. You know, I do believe there's a movement. You know, Andy McEntee and all of those people, they're all part of this movement. We should all be part of this. And I think there's something going to happen. You know, I'm looking forward to this week. I'm excited already for looking forward to, uh, to uh, the match this particular mm. weekend. You know, uh, I just want to say, you know, uh, thanks to the lads here, Kieran and and that for all their help during the Leinster Championship and 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 all of those particular matches with programs and and all of those teams and, and all of that. So we appreciate that. Absolutely. And just one thing before we get to Davy, uh, Louise yeah. McBride has commented in saying she thinks that Killian Sutton had an excellent game, very much agreeing with us. Score stats show the difference between the two teams, unfortunately. But fancy on V to beat Mayo, whoever only goal will be seriously challenged by Kerry. So. It's an interesting approach, and I think uh, Louise can get a spot here in the podcast. She's very spot on with her analysis, and yeah, sure. a few uh, nice messages come in during the show. There, I, I thankfully uh, none of the lads went to slate or something like that, so we mustn't be doing too bad a job. So, Dave, yeah. we'll give you a chance to yeah. come in. Sure, I'll just finish. Uh, we have a cup ongoing at the minute out in Corton. It's uh, the Johnny Henry Memorial Cup, inaugural cup for Johnny, who passed away a great gale um, this year, and it's it's ongoing at the minute. The round one game is actually. Uh, going on right now it's between Minaldi and Drabar so you hopefully they haven't got no text no hopefully no. they haven't skinned the heads of each other yet um, and oh, I'll get out and see it we a bit of flaking of course but um, no it's a great competition eight teams in the Super 8 format two groups of four so look at with the championship back we'll, we'll probably have to put on hold for a while but we will get a run off this year and it's a great incentive uh, for clubs to play football no, absolutely and I think uh, it's kind of a bit now like see normally when a uh, Finish the podcast. Mickey can always he can go back and put in the music, and he's got this kind of legendary kind of go at it. So yeah. we're gonna have to like we're gonna put the music on, and we've got twenty five seconds to do something kind of interesting. Now. So we have to kind of it's been me, it's Kieran Flynn, I'm the host here tonight. Brian Kelly, me right, Dave Briss, me left, Martin Haller, me left. Been a pleasure to host the We Are Me podcast tonight. Hope you did enjoy it. Having to watch live, I think. Hopefully enjoyed the full hour and forty five minutes or so. If you're listening during the week, hopefully you had a good time. Why do we do this? Because we are made. It matters more.